Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom. It's episode 239. I'm Dave and I'm here with Richard. Rich, how are you? I'm doing very well, Davey Boy Smith and yourself. And I'm, I, I actually feel in good form. It's been a busy week, especially the first half of the week. We had Mike Barron on. Um, so that was a great interview we had. We put, we've put that up on the site already. So I want to say welcome to any uh, new listeners who came in via the Mike Barron interview because I've seen quite a number of people... Uh, check that out. So, look, I hope you stick around. Enjoy the signal. We love Mike. Uh, he was my first guest, actually, ever. Um, even before Chuck, uh, Mike was my first guest, and then I think I had Chuck on a couple of weeks later. Um, and it's appropriate because Mike was nice. one of the first comics I ever bought myself, myself, which was The Punisher. Um, yeah, it was like in that very first month of comic book buying. It was probably like the second ever comic I bought after Iron Man, actually. Um, so yeah, so it was a pleasure to have him on, and a great honour, and, um, please check out his Thin Blue Line, uh, cop comic that's coming out, uh, through Indiegogo, and, um, it sounds fascinating, I've already backed it, um, you can get digital copies, you can get it, uh, mailed to you, there's all sorts of stretch goals, so go and check the Indiegogo, I know they just made their goal, um, Rich was, was good fun chatting to Mike, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a lot of fun, and I hope, uh, I hope people enjoy. Yeah, and he's such a lovely guy. Like always, got a lot of time for him. Now, for me, Rich, guess what came in my Starman compendium? It's massive. I would imagine so. It is honestly, Rich. Like it, it, it's like um, I, I want to say, you know what? I, I've actually got it here, so I'll tell you how many issues it is. But I would, I would dare say it, it's. It's 35 to 40 issues, you know? And it's in soft cover, and it's heavy as hell. Uh, okay, so it's Starman... It'll be like the old-fashioned uh, phone books. It is, yeah. It's Starman 0 to 42, plus two annuals, plus a Starman 80-page giant, a secret files, a pa- two issues of Power of Shazam, and various other things, um, including the Shade miniseries. So it, it's it's huge, and I'm taking it with me on a trip up to my parents this weekend, um, and I'm going to have that as my as my light ready material. I mean, it's 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 great. Like it's 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 fantastic. I know Saga and Walking Dead did similar things with with soft cover compendiums. Um, so I think mm-hmm. it's great. And now this originally was going to be a big omnibus, which is very, in a way, disappointing. It's not, but my my strategy was <clears throat> I'll support this soft cover and then. If it comes out in omnibus form, um, I, I might grab that too. But I, I figured, you know, for a reading copy, something you can have around, um, this is, it's going to be an absolute gem. And, you know, I've never finished Starman. Do you know that, Rich? I, I have gotten deep into it. I, I got into the part where he leaves the Earth to go into space. And the very start of that arc is where I have tapped out. Although I do own it in um, in hard covers and soft covers and now the compendium. Um, have you read I'm it, Rich? In, I'm completely disappointed in you, Dave. Have you read it? You've just you've you just dropped down a few notches now. I'm sorry, mate. Oh come on. Have you read Starman? Yeah, yeah, no, I have read. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. great. I mean, I love it. Like, it's just a case of, I, I don't know what it was, but I I just I just dropped out. But I, but I mean, I I absolutely love it. Now, 
uh, Rich. Well, oddly enough, it was it was the Jeff Johns uh, JSA that actually got me interested in Starman because it does sort of come sort of afterwards, right at the tail uh, end of his Starman. It was just yeah, it was just that it was the interest in the character that I, I actually went and uh, went back and read Starman. Yeah, because I believe Robinson wrapped Starman very shortly before JSA, and, and Robinson was one of the co-writers on the first. Uh, the first trade of JSA, and then it's then he mm. he he went out he went out, which I always think was a mistake from him. I always think James Robinson's career, I, um, you know. Look, I think it was a mistake uh, to not continue with Starman in some capacity, but I do understand why they took him out of the book, and that's because obviously because of Stargill. Yeah, but but I think the bigger mistake was Robinson you know. professionally leaving JSA. You like wh- why would you leave that title, kind of thing? Uh, you know, be I mean, I don't know. Shot. I mean, for him, yes, but I mean, Jeff Johns did fantastic. a fantastic job with JSA, so it's hard to, you know, it's hard to like um, say, "Gosh, I wish," because yeah. I, I did get such a good book, a, a series. But I would have preferred if he had, some, if he had maybe continued to do something uh, on the periphery of that. You know, whether that be a Starman or a Ted Knight, or just something that ties into yeah the the JSA that Jeff Johns was doing, I, I would have been very happy with that. Yeah, I agree. A, a supplemental title. Um, he did do a really good Shade, not the Shade miniseries that's included here, which came out during Starman's run, but he did a Shade miniseries. I want to say, uh, roughly ten years ago, maybe slightly less. You know. That was very good. I own that in soft cover, and it was very, very strong series. And it showed you that he, you know, it was probably the best Robinson I've I've read since Starman. You know, um, I, I'd, I'd heavily recommend that for you, Rich. Uh, now, uh, it, so that was my big buy this week, apart from my Doctor Who Blu-rays kept coming in, but the Starman was, and it didn't go without some notice from uh, Michelle. Notice it come across the. Uh, I showed her what it was, and she was just shaking her head, basically. She was just like, what, what have you got there? It looks like, a, as you say, Rich, a phone book. Uh, you know what it's like? Uh, it, it's kind of like, do you remember the old, um, the size of it, the old uh, directories you used to get? But like a massive one of them, almost like a book. It's almost like a, one of those guides for visiting some foreign country, but a really big version of it. Um, it is. Yeah, it is it, it's. I. I, in my mind, I'm picturing the old, um, uh, the 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 yellow pages you used to get. Yes, that yes. was um, it was thinner than the the white pages. Yeah, because uh, yeah. the yellow page was filled with all like your plumbers and your yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mechanics and all that sort of shit. But uh, I think that's about the size. Yeah, it is. You're right. No, it's 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 got heft and. And look, I actually think it's a good way to. It's not that expensive. I think it cost me sixty three Australian dollars. Um, and yeah, it's like, not bad, no, yeah, yeah no. If you if you give this to a niece or a nephew, and I, I think they're going to be guaranteed a good time, and it will probably introduce them to like one of the, I believe, one of the strongest comics to come out in the last thirty years. Now, uh, any big purchases from you, Rich, over the last week? Or has it been all uh, No, I'm still just waiting on the last of my uh, Star Wars novels to arrive. Um, and how many? And then I'll probably buy another lot next month. How many are you up to in terms of you know acquisitions? Like how you know what percentage? Uh, actually, hang on, I have the list right here. I actually have a check. I love it. I love it. Um, so uh, once the last arrive, I will be on eighty-nine. Wow, so eighty-nine Star Wars novels. Yeah, okay. 
89 out of 146. Do you have the ones that I've got on my iPad? Um, it's like Tales from the Moz Eisley Cantina and stuff, or, and Tales of the Bounty Hunters, uh, and all that stuff. Yes, I have got the. Um, um, I think I'm missing the Tales from the Empire. Right. Yeah, I've, but I've, I do have tales from uh, the Mars. Obviously, I do have the the, the Java one as well. Mm. Do you uh, have uh, um, the tales of the bounty hunters? Yes. Do you have? Have you ever read? This is probably back from the seventies, so maybe before what you're talking about. It was called Han Solo at Star's End. Um, there was a. Uh, I have got the I've got the the Han Solo books, the Han Solo trilogy. Yeah, there was a that was a really. There's good a trilogy and a, and a duology as well. Yeah, dude, those books, I loved those books uh, growing up. I, I I think I got them from the library like many times. I loved that. Those There there was one where it was Han Solo before Star Wars, you know, New Hope, but not that long before, you know? Um, and it was really Yeah, I think really the ones that... Ca- that the, the ones that I said before that is you've got the Han Solo trilogy, which is the Paradise Snare, the Hut Gambit, and Rebel Dawn. And then there's also the uh, the Han Solo adventures, right? And I'm I, I don't know what which one I'm referring to, but all I remember is I absolutely love them. And there was like another gunfighter that was faster than Han that he had to face off against, and 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 Han was like in one book was actually training against like sort of robots to try to sharpen his shooting skills. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I kind of, I like the idea that Han isn't the best. Well, he wasn't. He, this guy was faster than him. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I, I like the idea that, like, you know, because sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes depending on the story that people are telling, because Han's more lucky than he is skillful. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I you know what, what I mean? So um, uh, I, I know Disney's kind of mm, fucking that up a little bit where they're kind of making him... Especially in the comics, it's almost like he's like yeah, everyone knows him and he's super famous, you know, because he's this legendary. And it's like no, no one really knew who Han Solo was until he helped blow up the fucking um, Death Star in the first movie. Yeah, I mean, he was a famous smuggler, but you are right; he wasn't. He wasn't like the um, yeah, he wasn't like the the greatest of the greatest. And and to be honest, these books showed him as quite flawed. They were just really interesting because that was sort of the early. Um, Oh no! The, yeah, the legend stuff is by far. If you want to read Star Wars, just read the legend stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are some duds, of course. Not everything is gold, but there's some really good stuff in there. Um, which, because you have to remember, I think when they were doing these books as well, a lot of these ideas were also run through George Lucas yeah. or run by him. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they were kind of using like the George Lucas blueprint and all that sort of stuff, which I just I feel it makes them better because Disney's just. They hell bend on doing the opposite of what George would have done. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, and they've lost a lot of interest because of that. Um, a question for you, though, Rich, having having got all those books, if you had to name a favourite series that's not the Timothy Zahn ones, what would you pick oh, uh, outside I, of those? I like the Timothy Zahn, but they're not actually um, uh, my favourite. And the weird thing is I can't give you... Um, Okay, there's two basically for me, right? Mm-hmm. There's the uh, uh, the Legacy of the Force mm-hmm. and the one that comes immediately after, which is Fate of the Jedi. Okay, cool. Those were the last two series that they did 
um, before basically Disney kind of came in eventually and then took over and all that. But Legacy of the Force, as I've said to people, if you want to read a story about a solo mm. going bad and following in his uh, grandfather's footsteps, mm. this is a far, far better series than, um, than the sequels. Yeah. What about far, um, far what about Rogue Squadron? How does that stand? Oh, Rogue Squadron is for, yeah. If if you want to read stories and you're more you're more into the fighter pilot sort of stuff, you know mm. you, you you want to uh, you, you don't you want less of the Jedi stuff. Yes. Uh, uh, Rogue Squadron is is um, is is absolutely brilliant. Uh, I believe they called Alphabet Squadron. I think. Cool. Yeah, no, I just uh, I figured that well would be pretty cool. Or is that the new ones? No, I think that's the new ones. But yeah, Rogue Squadron with Wedge. Like Wedge really gets his own fucking spotlight. Yeah. In the in the you know what I mean? And whereas in the Disney stuff, no there is no Wedge. That sucks. You yeah. know what I mean? He's not even an important character in the Is it in, in is he Disney in the last stuff. one for one second or something? Nope, 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 no. Nope. There's no Wedge until he's at all. No Wedge until he's at all. Um, okay, now um, in terms of reading and watching, Rich, what have you what have you been doing outside of the show? Any, anything? Anything? Uh, I've been going on a bit of a Mel Gibson uh, 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 tirade where I've been watching. I watched um, Boss Level. Um, I oh, did yeah. watch That's Nobody as well after that because a lot of people were saying it was really good, and I did enjoy it a lot. Uh, and then I just watched a, a very underrated uh, Mel Gibson one, which is Payback, which I think is the is a fantastic modern noir film. Yeah, they're based on the Parker novels, aren't they? I believe. I believe that that, that is based on uh, the character. Possibly, yeah. 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 yeah, I believe so. I, I, I mean, you know what I mean? Like that is a fantastic uh, modern noir. Yeah, yeah, it's an underrated movie. Uh, it didn't do well on release. I remember when it came up. Did you watch the director's cut? Because the director's cut um, is actually really good. No, I've, I you know what I've loved that one, and I didn't even know there was a director's cut. I'll actually look for that. Now. Yeah, there's a there's one that's uh, if you liked what you saw, you'll really like the director's cut because it's kind of more of you know it, it it's more greedy. It's it's a bit. It's called uh, what's what's the movie called? Payback, isn't it? It, it yeah, it's payback, called yeah. payback uncut or payback loaded or something like that. But it's it came out a few years okay, ago. I'll actually I'll look into that. Yeah, no, I think if you liked if you liked what you saw, which was a compromised product, you'll like the director's cut. I uh, love, honestly, I love Payback. Yeah, I, it's great. I, it's one of my top favorite movies. I tell you, one of my favorite Mel Gibson's is outside of the you know the Lethal Weapons and Mad Max's Ransom. Love Ransom. Yeah, yeah. I I, I saw that in cinemas, and I reckon I rented that on video like. Four or five times. I, I really liked Ransom. <laughs> I thought I thought Ransom was a really good movie, like really good. It's a good thriller. Movie. It's yeah. a good thriller. Yeah, he, he did a lot of good movies in the nineties, man. Like he did, he had a lot of variety in the eighties and nineties. Obviously, um, have you seen Get the Gringo? Yes, love that movie. Yeah, too. it's not a bad movie. I was going to mention that as a that that that's a bit of a sort of like uh, you would describe it as it's almost like a modern western in a weird way, isn't it? It's 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 a uh, kind of yeah 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 I, I, yeah I could I could see well I, I suppose with it being in Mexico maybe it's got that you know bit of a feel for it but uh, it's it's definitely a good crime movie yeah uh, it's a good um, it's a good get the gringo is really good because it's like a good heist slash um, uh, crime mm. uh, movie yeah no I'd agree. 
I definitely agree with that. Now, um, Rich, the big thing this week was June came out, and and I was telling I have had a really busy week at work, and I kept thinking I wasn't going to have a chance to see it. But then my last night cleared up for me um, because the Australian cricket team was playing at 1am instead of 9pm which is what I thought they were playing at. So I was all ready to go with my... You can imagine me. You know you know what a passionate Australian supporter I am. And I had the green and gold out. And I was wearing my cap and uh, ready to go. And then I realised that they'd shifted times on me. Um, so I thought, well, I've got the I've got the night now. I don't need to be supporting the team uh, across the line. And um, I watched June. Uh, have you seen it, Rich? This is obviously the... No, I haven't, I know. Denis Villeneuve. Haven't, now, haven't, hadn't, hadn't gone around to watching it. Okay, am I allowed to do some spoilers? Do you care? I'm not as I'm not that guy. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> Look, unless something has a twist ending, I'm not that guy. It's it's the first. It's it's not really a twist ending. I mean, firstly, well, it's a book that's also been out. So I mean, yeah, it's been out since the. And 60s. Plus, I've seen the I've seen the the. Um, um, yes, uh, Finch movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. So okay, so just to put it in perspective, as a youngster, as a teenager, I, I read all. All the cute novels, every one of them, and believe you me, at times they were a slog. Um, at times they were very good, but also there was some very, very incoherent writing at times, especially as the series wore on. That said, I did read them all multiple times, um, and I knew I, I know June very well. Uh, when I actually, without realizing it, I must have read it so many times. I read quite a lot of this guy's work, by the way, back in the eighties because it was in my school library, and there was a lot of it, so I, I kind of devoured most of it and then went a bit further. Uh, anyway, so it's a rather strong source material in the world building is particularly impressive in June, I must say. Um, this movie, very stylish, uh, very faithful to the book, to the point where I was watching it, and I just kept thinking, look, I am enjoying it, um, it's very stylish, though it's it's very heavy on style, almost to the point at times where I feel it's almost a bit unnecessary, but that's the choice they're going. Um, and I, I was watching it, and I know the beats of the book so well, you know, like I, and it covers like the first half of the book. And I, I just thought to myself, would I be enjoying this as much or understand it as well if I wasn't, like, at some level in my subconscious, even though I haven't read the book in probably 25, 30 years, I read it so many times that it's just in there. Do you know what I mean, Rich? Like, the beats of the book, mm-hmm. I recognise the beats. I know the world building. I-, I read it enough as a kid that it's like Lord of the Rings. I just know certain facts as if they're actual history. And watching the movie, I felt that it rewarded the book you know, reader um, and I could fill in all the blanks, and I knew what was going on, and it, and it really wasn't that incoherent to me at all, because I, I totally understood it, but I just kept thinking during it, is this really so interesting? Because it's very slow, um, and especially, funnily enough, the second half of the movie is crawls, actually, because I wouldn't say the first half is that slow, but the second half is a slog, and um, I'm not sure if that's ideal as a film. Um, I'm, I'm curious, I know it will get some critical rave reviews, because it's a very stylish movie, and it looks very good, and, you know, it's got a bit of thematic weight to it, because it, it, it takes, it takes the book seriously, so, 
I think as a book reader of Dune, I wasn't disappointed because I felt like this is a guy making the movie who really respects the source material. But I just kept thinking to myself, is this really so fascinating? Could they not have punched the script up a bit more? Uh, Because it definitely takes its time to get around to telling things. Now, this is a criticism I would level at many of this guy's movies. I mean, I think um, Arrival is very stylish but quite boring. I thought Blade Runner was very long and although it had some interesting ideas, also quite boring. Um, again, I'm like stylish. Oh, you, 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 mean, you mean Blade Runner 2049, right? Blade Runner 2049, yeah, the sequel he did, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Overly long and I felt quite bored for chunks of it, though it did have some interesting ideas. Here, uh, some really impressive Visuals. Can I say that? Some really impressive visuals that I that honestly I want to watch the movie again to see because I watched it probably in not ideal surroundings. Michelle was doing a timesheets and I just watched it in the lounge room with the lights on. Whereas I really would prefer to be soaking in, you know, darkness watching it. Um, I don't know. Uh, overall, I'm going to give it a seven, and I'm probably being a bit harsh because it it is a good movie, but it's not the world's most exciting movie. I'll, I'll say that. Um, interesting film. Uh, Rich, have you read the books or know anything about it, or are you just completely, you know, fresh to it all? Uh, is my mic still on? Yeah, your mic's on, Rich. Um, I'm just asking you. Okay, no, just checking. No, yeah. no, I just had a, an message. Yeah, um, no, I heard the minute, but I thought my mic was playing up. Um, look, the problem is I've, I've never really gotten into June. It's not... As you say, like, for me, it's not punchy enough, yeah. even the books. Yeah. So, you know, for me, it's just, it's not, it's, yeah, it's, it's not a, it's not a world I want to spend really any time in. I, I just find the whole thing just very dull and boring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, put it this way, uh, probably about 10 years ago, and if, it's funny how old I'm getting that what feels like not that long ago is 10 years ago. Um, I did try to, I, I probably bought the book again, just at a, in a bookstore, I picked it up, and I tried to read it again, and I was like, I'm bored, you know? Um, it's very dry, the books, and they stay dry, and characterization was never his greatest forte. World building is incredible um, and interesting, and I think as a teenager, I was more... I think I just read a lot more fantasy and sci-fi as a as a teenager, like you know, and yeah, I don't know. I just it's a big market, but I I also agree with you. Is I think, look, as a book, I suppose you know where you're just sitting and you're reading. Yeah. It doesn't really matter if if one chapter could be a little bit boring or yeah. you know drags on a little bit. But I, I do think yes, if you're going to make a movie, then the ideal thing to me would to be just to use the books as a blueprint. You know what I mean? Like, yes, keep your core beats in and whatever the characters, motivations and arc and all that sort of is, but maybe cut some stuff here or, you know, uh, change things here a little bit so that maybe it just flows better. Yeah. No, that it just you. has a much more smoother flow in a you know, where you can maybe uh, spend an hour here and there, you know, where someone can tune in for a week, mm. for an hour and, and sort of whatever. But, yeah, if you're going to do a movie, you know, I think you've got to 
you know, you got to, I think you've got to punch it up a little bit. You've got to maybe cut some of the fat and it just streamline it a bit more, you know, yeah, make it a bit more fun. Yes. Uh, look, it, it's, it, it's an interesting movie. And, and frankly, I can understand book readers really loving it because frankly, as someone who read the book, I, I, I actually think it's quite a sort of, how can I say this? It, it, it complements the book is how I would say. Like it's, as someone who read all the series and really loved, you know, the first book and the fourth book in particular, I felt like this guy served the story very well. What I question is how has he done it inside a commercial movie? Could this movie have been more interesting? Yes. Uh, I don't think he's the mm. world's most exciting director. I think he's one of the world's most stylish and he's got some beautiful well, visuals. See, I mean, I, I, here's a really good example, right? Um, is Lord of the Rings. Yes. Now, Lord of the Rings is very faithful, but there's also stuff in there that's not actually in the books. Yeah. Right? Because they needed to... A little know, bit of stuff. Just... Not much, but a little bit. No, but I mean, they said, they added stuff like the... What was it? The Eowyn sort of stuff. Um, in Added it or brought it from another part you know what I mean? Because they wanted to the Kate give... Blanchett, the Kate Blanchett scene with Galadriel is uh, definitely, I think, added in. Like at least it's not in the book. Like as you know how she goes, I could be the queen of the world. Yeah, or yeah. That, you know, but also the 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 is the Aragorn and Eowyn. You know that romance. Mm. It's not really a big thing in the books. No. You know, but they brought it forward because they wanted people. They wanted to give you know Aragorn some more motivation and you know love lost and you know, give him some more. And that's my point is like, they stuck to the books, but they knew there were points and, and stuff where they're like, you know what, we need to just add a little bit of stuff in here yeah, to make it more entertaining or, or flow better or just give people more. And, and, and by the way, the Gimli and, and uh, Legolas stuff, that's not even really in the books. They do have the competition. No, no, but I mean the level of they like, do. The I will say at, at Helm's the Deep, they are having a competition over how many they kill. That's definitely in the no. Book. That is in the books. I'm telling you, they are faithful to the books. I'm talking about through the whole three movies. Yeah, yeah. Their like dialogue that. and their banter is yeah. something that they've uh, expounded upon. Oh, they've, definitely. They've, yeah. they've added. They punched it up. It's almost in off panel land. Characters. It's almost in off panel land in um in yeah. in the actual like it's alluded to. Uh, but it's not, as you say, so specific where it's like... But that's my point. You want to be faithful, but you do want to add stuff in for the movie audience because a movie audience is different to a a reader audience. You no, know, I, 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 I hear you, man. I hear you. Look, dude, check it out at some point, and I'd love to get your thoughts as someone who hasn't read the books. It's not a bad movie. I'm going to give it a seven, and I feel I'm being too harsh, but I just think it also ends... Like, I was thinking to myself, this movie, like, either has to go a hell of a lot longer or they're about to finish. And they finish. And I was like, wow, like, say what well, you like I've... about say what you like yeah, about yeah, David yeah. Lynch. But, I mean, he got the fucking story moving a lot faster than this, this yeah. movie. Well, I, I have seen some mixed reviews, but one thing everyone agrees on is that it kind of just ends suddenly. It does. Oh, it feels it feels like it ends suddenly. Right? Well, I'll give you an example. When I wrote my first novel, um, Demon Blade of Exile, um, before it was even called Demon Blade of Exile, it was one that the first two books were one big novel, and I and I pitched it to a lot of publishers, and they just kept telling me it's too big for a first novel. Well, what I eventually did was I found a 
there was a convenient point where I could split the story up, and I split the story into two. So the first one ends on sort of like sort of a cliffhanger, but it's also a natural a natural pause, you know, and it's very much part of a series. So that's quite common in fantasy trilogies, you know, people to do this. But that's how this movie feels like. It he easily could have kept going. And it's not like the movie ends like Star Wars ends. New Hope ends with blowing up the Death Star. This is more like as if when Luke went away from Tantooine and they ended there kind of thing. You know, whereas, like, the adventures are still to come. That's how this ended. I didn't hate it. I, it was actually a nice piece of sort of work to finish it there because they're about to go to the Freeman, uh, you know, city and stuff and or townships and all that kind of stuff that they've got, the seizures, they call them, I think. Um, so, yeah, look, it was... It was fine, um, but people who are going, you know, it's the greatest thing since sliced bread, um, no, you know, uh, it's got some flaws, that's for sure. Yeah, well, as I said, you've got to be very careful with um, with fans these days because um, if I've just found these days we've gone from people who are like massive fans of stuff in being critical to people who are massive fans of things being too um, accepting. What do you mean by that? If that if, well, like, because it's their thing and they love it. Yes. It's the best thing. Oh, I see. Even, saying, if yeah. it, even if it's just maybe mediocre or just good or a, a 7 out of 10, in their eyes, no, you yeah. just don't get it. You're not smart enough or yeah. this is my thing. I love this. This is my world. So it's it's 10 out of 10. But you're always going to get that. Like, I mean, It's perfect. We've all got a bit of... Um, no, no, but what I'm saying is bias. that I just think it, it's, it's weird. And this, I guess, why fan is short for fanatic is because you're either a fan of something and you fucking hate it mm. and you think it's terrible and it betrays what you see the product or it's the exact opposite where it's 10 out of 10 best thing ever sure. changes the world. No, I, I do hear that. Now, um, turning to June 2, got greenlit. I think it's had pretty positive response. I, I wonder how it's done. Let's look at Box Office Mojo to get an idea of how it's done in the box office because, I mean, there's not a lot of competition at the moment. You'd think it would do okay, but... Yeah, I think it'll do okay. Yes, I, I, I don't know if it's going to set the box office alight, but I could be wrong. Well, I guess it's got no time to die. He's the primary competitor at the moment. And yeah, no one's talking about that fucking movie. Um, well, what's no time to... No, no time to die is clocked up five hundred and twenty nine million worldwide. Yeah, but Not no bad. one's talking about it. Is my point? Yeah. Well, mixed reviews, I think, is is, is the key. So June so far has taken two twenty three million, um, which isn't terrible, but I imagine it costs them that much oh, to make. You know. Oh, more than that, easily. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's it, it's interesting. It oh, can... I'm talking about with uh, marketing and all that combined. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing No Time to Die. I'm more excited for No Time to Die than I was for June. The problem with me for June is I think I lived it all. I read the books all so many times, and I know how mm. it all ends. And I don't know. It's it's I'm, it's not like I've read the books in the last 20 years be, purely because I feel like as if I've read them, I'm done, you know? It's, well, can I be honest with you? Like, hmm. I don't mind them obviously making movies about books and all that because, again, it's for the people that never read the books. But me, myself, I don't really get excited for movies based on books that I've read because really? I have already experienced it, if that makes sense. like oh, I'd like know. to see them try, though. I, you know, yeah. sometimes. I guess, but I, 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 it doesn't, one of my points is that I get super excited because I'm kind of like, you know, I experienced it. I already went through the ups and the downs and the, no, I hear that. you know, and, and the emotions. So really all I'm just doing is seeing their adaptation of it. I'm not experiencing it 
for the first time, well, I'm not going to have the same mm. emotional reaction because I already had it. It'll probably maybe be weaker or maybe not even there. No, so I don't get excited for that. I'm more excited for shit that I've never seen or read. I, I, I'd be more excited to go watch something that I've never read the book of or mm. is something new than if they're like, oh, we're going to do a Mass Effect movie. I'm like, yeah, I kind of played the games and experienced all those emotions. And Oh, dude, I'd be down know. for a Mass Effect movie. Are they making a Mass Effect movie? No, I'm just using that as Fuck. an example. I wish they would. Or what about... Uh, see, I'm different to you. I, 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 I also have a lower bar. But, like, June, because it's a kind of... like I hate to say this. It sounds pretentious. It's kind of got some philosophical undertones and stuff like that. I, 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 I just knew the story so well that I had a bit of that that you were just describing. I had a bit of that watching the movie. It was like I knew exactly what was going to happen. I, I was hmm. like, okay, so this is the movie where they're doing the book pretty pretty close to the source, like, you know, not shot for shot, but they're sticking to the script of the book very closely. And as I was watching it, I was remembering the book, and I was like, okay, so I know what's going to happen here. I'm waiting for this to happen. That happened. I remember this scene. That happened. This happened. That happened. And there was a part of my brain that was doing that. And um, and that's not really the fault of the director, but it's just, unfortunately, it's it's sort of speaking to what you were just talking about. Um, familiarity and probably overly familiar with the with the content. But then again, Lord of the Rings, I, I mean, I know those books super well and I really enjoyed those movies. Um, yeah, but I think that's also... But if, uh, uh, my example with that is that I think that they added enough into it where it felt uh, uh, new again. You know what he also did? He cut out a lot too. Oh, yeah. And, oh, and he rearranged things as yeah, well. yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. so I'm saying it, it, it did feel a bit new, but again, for me, that was a bit different because I had not actually read Lord of the Rings in so many years yeah. that it was almost like kind of experiencing it again because it'd been such a long time since I'd read the Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, if it's something more recent, I'm not excited. If it's something maybe really old, yeah, I'll probably, I'll, I'll definitely want to go and see it. I tell you what, I'm looking forward to. I know the Assassin's Creed movie sucked, but I'm really looking forward to their their Netflix series. Um, of Assassin's Creed, like I am fucking pumped for that. So I, I, do, I like it when they take video games and stuff. I know they usually fuck it up, but like I always, I'm just constantly disappointed though. That's the problem, Rich. I have like when you said Mass Effect, they're going to do Mass Effect. I got really excited. I was like, wow, what is? Oh, but they've been talking about that for years. Just like they're finally making the Uncharted movie now, but they've been talking about that for like ten years. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, they they are. Uh, so I'm trying to find some details on the Assassin's Creed uh, thing. Seven time periods. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a release date for it yet. Um, it still sounds like it's a long way off. No, that's one thing. I don't get excited for any uh, movies or stuff based on video games. Like, zero. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of the um, Assassin's Creed movie with Fassbender? I didn't bother watching it. Really? Wow. Again, I, I really... Unless I find out... That it's the most brilliant adaptation mm. of a video game. I have no interest in watching a video game movie. Yeah, okay. They're saying it could be released sometime in 2021, but 2022 feels more likely. There's well, we almost finished 2021 already. There's no word yet on what the story will offer, which time period will be chosen as a setting. Man, I hope they do Valhalla. They won't, though. Gee, I love that game. Like, you know, the, the assassinations in that are only a very minor part of the story, though. That's the thing. Well, they'd be... It's stupid if they didn't have each season be a different time period. Yeah, true, true. 
Yeah. What's your favourite time period in the Assassin's Creed? I'm tempted to say Valhalla. But you, you love uh, the, Crus- the Crusades one's also good. I, mm, I've not really... I've, I've only played, like, two. So uh, I can't really give you... I mean, I can tell you my favourite time periods yeah. in history, but, like, the ones that give me, like, the most, like, enjoyment to Where's read. Where's that? And... Where's that? Roman? Uh, Roman is up there, but it is uh, Greek and Egyptian. That's fair enough. Okay. Well, that's and then Assassin's... Rome probably comes in at about third. That's Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Assassin's Creed Origins, Rich. Right there. Which I haven't, which I haven't played. <laughs> I don't know what you sleep on those games for because they're great games. Because I don't like their gameplay. I find their gameplay boring and repetitive. Jesus. I mean, it is a bit repetitive, but that's part of the fun. Um, now, uh, reporters. Uh, so June two is greenlit, and Timothy Shall. Ahmet is the guy who plays Paul Atreides. Uh, reporters dug deep to prove the YouTube channel Modded Controller 360 was actually run by a young Timothy Chalolet who charged $10 for custom Xbox 360 controller paint jobs. He admitted in an interview he only sold three of them. <laughs> so what is, what, I'm sorry, what is this news? So basically he had a side hustle when, when he was like a kid to do custom paint jobs on 360 controllers. And he's the guy who plays Paul Atreides, the lead character in Dune. And so when he was a young man, he was he had this side business. And, um, you know, like, he, he was a bit of a joke. It came out, reporters managed to uncover it. So, you know. Mm, uh, okay. But he, he only <laughs> sold three. Now, turning to another novel made into a TV series. Rich, you know I'm really looking forward to Wheel of Time. I am uh, Yes, I do. I am pumped. I'm and really, Nick, I'm, for your sake, I'm really hoping it doesn't disappoint you. I am pumped up, man, like you wouldn't believe. Now, you now the first series, it, it debuts, I believe, on November 19. So it's closing in. Uh, the trailer came out. Um, next week, we're going to do the first bit of Chuck Dixon's adaptation of Eye of the World, which is the first Wheel of Time novel. Now, I didn't realise this. Chuck did like 35 or 37 issues to cover the first book. Um, so that's interesting. Like, obviously, when it went into a lot of detail, so I figured we'd do the first six. I said the first 12 to Rich. Rich was like, slow, slow down, Dave. Come on. You know, Rich has got a life. He's got, you know, he's got responsibilities. And I was just like, we're going to do 12. And you were a little bit hesitant. Well, no, I was basically like, that's cool, but then no yeah. weekly comics. <laughs> 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 or we split it into two. Which is what we're doing. Um... But anyway, turning. Have you read this book series, Rich? You know what? I think I've checked them out every now and again, like one issue. But no, I've never, I've never read it from um, like start to like finish or anything. Like right, because when you used to work at the bookstore, remember you worked at the bookstore before where you currently work. Did I? No, I yeah, no, you worked there. Remember you worked there? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saying. Yeah. I'm going. Remember, Rich. Well, Rich was a manager at a bookstore, and I would have thought that Wheel of Time was a pretty steady seller. Was it, Rich, in the fantasy aisles? Uh maybe at one point, but yeah. when I was working there, it, w- it it was definitely a permanent fixture on the shelf. Yeah, as in it was always ordered, but. The ones that were literally selling off the, 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 the shelf were obviously that terrible um, Shades, oh, yeah. Shades. Shades of Grey or whatever. And uh, obviously Game of Thrones. Like right, Game yeah. of Thrones you could not keep in stock. Right, yeah. Um, and yeah, that's cool. But anyway, so Wheel of Time. Now, the first season, 
is going to cover not even all of book one, but it's going to cover some of book two and potentially even a bit of book three because I think they're going to do a bit of cutting around. But I believe the first season is going to cover like two-thirds of book one as the main part. Um, book one is very much Tolkien cut and paste, um, to be honest. Book one is very, very formulaic, I will say that, in a good way, but it's kind of like he, he saw Fellowship of the Ring and he's like, I can do my own Fellowship of the Ring. I think um, every single um, fantasy author did that at one point, especially when they were first starting. Yeah. Like even um, uh, um, uh, the Shannara series. Yes. Uh, the first book is literally Lord is, is literally Fellowship of the Ring. I, I had those books as a as a young man. I had the Shannara trilogy. It blew my mind when I realised it was after Atomic War and all that stuff. Mm. Yeah, I mean cool. that's a cool twist, but. Yeah. The, the actual story itself is a group has to be brought together to complete a quest. It's it's yeah. the I think that's the trope for every first time author the like or especially it was and it may be a bit different now with younger or newer. But if you're talking about like the the, the people from like thirty, you know, forty years ago, I think sure. all of them started with a, a fellowship of the. Oh <laughs> hell the yeah! Ring. Oh yeah, Tolkien Tolkien cast a it still casts a heavy shadow. And almost and, every yeah. RPG is, is that as well. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. They every RPG is Fellowship of the Rings. They meet in the inn. The tavern's a, a famous one, which is, again, takes a lot of cues from um, where Strider meets them in the Breeze mm -hmm. Tavern and all that. So, yeah, I mean, it's for a reason. But anyway, did you watch the trailer, Rich? Uh, I saw the first trailer when we first discussed it. But I, I didn't have time to watch the second one, but I'm sure it would have left the same impression on me. Dude, I am so fucking ready. I said to Michelle, get ready for week to week on this and get ready for half an hour's discussion and dissection of episodes. Uh, I, look, I'll, I will watch it because obviously for the show, but it still, oh, looks yeah. too, um, it still looks too produced for my liking. Rich, we're going to have a whole section. We've got to come up with a name for it. What could our Wheel of Time section on the show be? Uh, what could it be? For me, it'll be spinning my wheels. Spitting My Wheels isn't bad. I like it. I like it a lot. That's a good one, Rich. Note that down, intern at home. Get out on the computer on it. Make a note. Make a note. Spinning My Wheels. That's a good one, Rich. I like it. Because I'm thinking this could run and run. This could be... I'm going to make a comment right now. Are you ready for this, Rich? Yes. This could be one of the longest running and most successful fantasy series of all time on TV. Again, for, for Dave, for you, I hope so. Honestly, like I yeah. wish you, I wish you that joy in your life. I need it, man. I need it. My <laughs> the shard remnants of my life. You know, what I'm saying the 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 compromises that have been made to get me to this point. I need this show. Now, um, I have a review of something that I stumbled across on HBO Max, a show called Bird Girl. Have you ever heard of this show, Rich? I have heard of it. Yes, it is hilarious. I'm oh, okay. I'm loving this show, and Michelle was laughing at it. She says it's the most random show ever. It's very. Do you remember um, Space Go? No, Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. Yeah, um, yeah that was super funny. It's a spin-off of that, so it's it, mm. it's got. Some oh no, I know, I know, I know what it is. Okay, all right. Well, that's what it is, and uh, I am loving this show, man. Like you wouldn't believe. It features uh, the lead actress and I would, you know, voice actress or whatever. She was in one of Michelle's shows, Criminal Minds. She's like one of the head honchos in Criminal Minds show, like their boss, I think. Um, it is honestly a hidden gem 
And I, I looked on IMDb. I was very disappointed to see a 5.9 rating. I'm like, I'm loving this show. I'm giving this show like a 9 out of 10. It's hilarious. It's the kind of comedy... Uh, yeah, but comedy is subjective then. It is very, very subjective. You are right there, Rich. You are and right. honestly, it doesn't seem like it's hitting the funny bone of a, a lot of people. Wow. You know, have people just lost the ability to laugh? You know what I'm saying? Maybe something has to be funny for them to laugh. <laughs> now, you, I, you this week were very rare for you, Rich, to give praise to a current production of something. Yeah, I was surprised. Uh, it is always a surprise. If, if something that's currently coming out in 2021 and Rich is giving it praise, I am always surprised. Now, this was the Buzz Lightyear trailer. Can you take us through it, Rich? Uh, yeah, so it's called Lightyear, and obviously it just seems to be... Um, it's Buzz Lightyear as a real character, so not the toy. Right. Um, obviously it would be the character that the toy is based on. Um, oh, it's so it's not the origin. action figure. No, no, no. It's yeah. It's kind of like remember, an action figure is based on something. Usually, yeah. You know, so uh, well, I mean, I think nine times out of ten, it is. What do you mean by um, that? Like, what about Transformer? What do you mean? Transformers is based on the cartoon. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right. Okay. Like He-Man. Yeah, yeah, where there is something and then the toy is the representation of that show or that person or that franchise or whatever. And so this is Buzz Lightyear as a real character, real person, I mean, in in an animated world. And it's just his origin. And it just looked really good. Like, it just looked um, interesting. I just hope that they remember that that sort of character, um, uh, you know, is is popular and they don't sort of maybe take the legs out from under him as a character. Is Woody going to be in it? No. <laughs> I only said that to piss you off. <laughs> what about, um, what was the fucking chick, you know, the girl, what was she in Toy Story? Remember her? The the one that, that Woody liked. Jessie. Jessie, maybe that was her. I can't remember. So it's, yeah, what? So it's not the fucking... It's not the like uh, you know whatever that guy was said to space and beyond the whatever he said. Oh, um, uh, they no, they will. Uh, they do say that in the in the in the trailer. So what uh, is it like a Top Gun sort of thing? Yeah, basically, like think of it like um, think of it like the right stuff. Is it comedic? Well, the trailer paints it at almost quite serious, but I mean, it's really it's Disney Pixar, so of course it's going to be. I'm sure it's going to be funny and, and and goofy, but it looks like it is a little bit more on the the serious side. I'm not feeling this at all, man. Watch the trailer; you'll change your mind. I wanted, I wanted Toy Story. Really, I don't want Buzz Lightyear. You've got like fucking twelve of them, don't you? Isn't there like like <laughs> no, eight or nine like Toy four, Stories now? Four, four. Now it's not actually; it's obviously not voiced by Tim Allen because obviously Tim. Oh Allen's Jesus! Voice. Another fucking strike! Really? Uh, well, again, to be fair, Tim Allen's voice right now is too—he's too old. Like, because this oh. is supposed to be like a young guy, a cadet. Come on! So it's Buzz animated, Light. and Tim Allen's not even voicing it. No, they got Chris Evans. Oh fuck! I what? didn't hear him talk much, so I can't give a—I can't give a, a review. Oh, this is a disgrace! What? Oh, mate, mate, they were never going to get a Tim Allen. Why? Tim Allen's too right. He's too conservative. He's not going to be working for Disney anytime soon. Really? Okay. All 
All right. Well, okay. Chris Evans is... Well, don't forget, they cancelled his show for being too conservative. Oh, I do remember that. Last Man Standing. I don't really care yeah. about that, but I, I, I'm kind of like, what? The, if it was real life, okay. But but if it's animated... No, but you know, but can I be honest with you? I do understand this is supposed to be a young uh, cadet, you know, like in his early 20s. Sure. And to be fair, when I heard James Earl Jones as Darth Vader in the uh, Rebels, Star Wars yeah, Rebels yeah, yeah. TV show, and also Lando... Um, um, Billy D. Williams, yeah. they did sound too old. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, they, they you know should have I mean? fixed the voice. You can hear their voices change because obviously as you get older, obviously your voice changes, the, you know, the, 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 the reverb isn't there and all that. And I it was like, ooh, doesn't sound, you know what I mean? It sounds like an old man trying to sound young. So maybe it, it's But he's not that little, old, like, little... dude. He's not that old. How old is Tim Allen? 60? Easily. Easily 60, you reckon? I don't know, man. Yeah. Let's have a look. I'm guessing he's 62. What are you guessing? Well, I was, was going to say 63, but I mean, just to be different, I'll say he's 65. He's 68. That's not that old. You can but, still, put, still well, He's almost 70. Come on. He's 68. I reckon he could still have. I, I'm kind of pissed about. I this. don't think. To, I don't think 68 year old Tim Allen can make him sound make himself sound like a 22 year old. But it's a cartoon. But you can hear it, Dave. I've heard it before where they've got the actors who are Yeah, but, but like fucking uh, Billy D. Williams is more like 80. I watched a clip from... Uh, hang on, hang on. I watched a clip from uh, the Star Wars Bad Batch, right? Yeah. Where, uh, what's his name? Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, yeah. He, he played the uh, Caleb Doom whatever in Rebels, right? Right. And in, this, in the Bad Batch, his character is now like a 12, 13-year-old Padawan. Right. And it sounded terrible because they got pretty. He, they got him to do it. Yeah. And but, even though he was trying to do his best, you know, kid voice, it sounded awful. There's someone whose career fell off a cliff. Very yeah. Pretty but I, look, I understand. Look, it's it's not supposed to be the toy. Yeah, but um, I hate that as well. Good, I hate good. that as like, well. I'll, I'll give them that. I hate that I as well. I hate that. I, I want the toy version. You know, going fucking nuts. Having spectacular well, they did, No, they had the toy version uh, years ago in the, in the Disney animated lineup. Yeah, well, that was better. Look, uh, I'm but, not but happy. But this is supposed to be the real, but you know, like a, a real person, Buzz Lightyear. Okay. And is this a movie or a TV show? Uh, I think it's a movie. Because it's, it's just called Lightyear. All right, when's it coming out, Rich? You're on. This is your story because I'm, I'm unhappy about it. So you're going to have to stick on this story. Okay, I will. I will. See. Well, look, I just I saw the trailer on YouTube. I clicked on it just out of morbid curiosity, and I was like, that doesn't look like that and bad. You, and you like it as well, like which is rare for you to like something. Well, I like the trailer, but there isn't that much in the trailer. I like the song choice that they did. It seemed quite. Uh, it didn't. It wasn't like goofy and comical. It almost like it's like a. It's a proper. And like, as I said, it reminded me of that movie, the right stuff. One hundred percent, no Woody, because they're not doing the toys. <laughs> it's just not the toy. <laughs> I'm really struggling with that concept as well. But he does have the Buzz Lightyear um, spacesuit, though. Oh, fuck. Well, like, at least they're giving him something, I guess. Like, Jesus. Um, to infinity and beyond. Wasn't that what he said? They do say that in the trailer, yes. Oh, well, good. I mean... Although, although to be fair, it's shared with his, I'm sure, his female commander, right. you know, before they do a fist bump. So I'm kind of like, mm, okay. That's all right. Um, okay, well, we'll move on from that. But but have you got a release date there, Rich? That's what I'm asking. Have you got a release date? Uh, it's June 2020, I think. 
2022. Yeah. Oh, for us anyway, uh, Australia. I'm not actually sure about. Um... So June 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. That's that's the tentative date. <sighs> I'm not happy about this. Um, I, I guess if I've got my wheel of time, maybe watch the trailer, Dave. <laughs> yeah, but just you. I didn't realize. I thought this was the toy, and I thought it was going to be voiced by Tim Allen. And now you're telling well, me I it's... thought so too, but then when I watched the trailer, I still went, you know what, this actually looks pretty good. Okay, all right. Um, Sony have announced two untitled Marvel movies coming in 2023. Could we see the finally see the Sinister Six, Rich, which they've been has been delayed and delayed and delayed over countless years? Could we finally be seeing the Sinister Six movie? Mm, maybe. God, I hope so. Like, well, two untitled movies. Let's speculate for a second, Rich. What are we thinking? Another Spider-Man? Well, they only own Spider-Man. They own the Spider-Verse, though. So, all the Spider-Man... But my point is they only own Spider-Man-related stuff. So, any any Sony Marvel movie is not going to be Marvel. It's only going to be from the Spider-Man stuff that they own. I understand that, Richard. But what I'm saying to you is, out of the Spider-Verse stuff, what do we think it's going to be? Like, have we got any ideas, Any, any concepts, any thoughts? Oh, well, again, if it's Spider-Man related, it can only be Craven, Sinister Six, Venom maybe a Spider-Gwen or something because they want to have a oh, female Spider-Man. Spider-Gwen, yeah, that'd be good. Or maybe it could actually be a, a, a Morales one. Yeah, yeah, could be. Um, and then they'll find out that that falls through a fucking rock on the floor. Um, oh, dude, what about um, another Spider-Man? <laughs> Yeah, look, it's possible they could actually maybe do possible. like a... Ven- no, what no, if it's I mean, Venom 3 and Spider-Man They could do like a um, a time skip, maybe. Yeah. What, what, he, a, you know. what about Venom 3 and Spider-Man 4? I don't think they would say unannounced. Uh, the way that they say like an unannounced, it makes it sound like it's something new. Okay. Well, I hope it's Sinister Six because it's about time. Get Michael Keaton in there. Get Morbius in there. You know? Mm. Leo. Oh, I should that Morbius movie hasn't even come out yet, has it? No, it God, hasn't. God, has that fucking been in production for, feels like for like four years now? <laughs> With Jared fucking Leto, one of my least favorite people on the planet. Um, there's a guy. Oh, but you know what? I do think he looks the part. I think he's got that sort of like bony face that when you put that white on him, yeah, he looks know, like a junkie. Just remove his he nose. Like I think he'll definitely junkie. look the part. He looks like a fucking junkie. Is what he looks like. He looks like which is perfect because that is what that character is. Yeah. Oh, I noticed that there's two epic collections out there on sale this week of Comicsology, the Morbius epic collections. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, look, it's such an interesting decision to make a Morbius movie before Craven or fucking anything else. Like, I was like, okay, there's one for the real Spider fans. But let's do Morbius without Spider Man. But you know what? I think it's because Morbius has a, a, an easier to tell origin story. Mm. Don't say someone like Craven. I felt like Craven. The Hunter. His origin story would be... No, but I'm saying, like, uh, to spend, like, a movie with his origin would almost take up the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming from Russia, all that stuff. Yeah, and then, you know, Game Hunter. Like, I kind of feel like that whole movie would have to be his origin, With whereas with Morbius, the first 30, 40 minutes could be his origin, and then bang, we into the, the character. I tell you what, back in the uh, classic OG days of Signal of Doom, we spent a lot of time fan casting around Silver and Black. And I said, Silver Sable, Naomi Watts. Because they were going for like an older Silver Sable at the time. Naomi Watts, the actress. Do you feel it, Rich? 
No, I mean, I just watched it in oh. boss level, so I didn't know. No, no. I love I Naomi so. Watts, man. I think she's fantastic. Uh, she's you, okay. She's not terrible or anything, but I mean, you, it's not the first person I would think would of. Would you be going for... younger? What would you be doing, Rich? <sighs> for, for Sable. For Sable. Sable. Yeah, exactly. We spent a lot of time on this. A lot of time. And I kept coming back to Naomi Watts. That's a tough one. I'd have to have more. I need more time to think about that because. Well, you think about um, it during the show, Rich, and see if you can come up with something by the end. Rich, you're thinking of a blonde in Hollywood. It can't be that hard. You know. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a blonde, Dave. These yes, it things does. called hair dye. Oh, okay. But, like, naturally, the first thoughts are a blonde, you know? So mm. there's, there's lots of them. I mean, just try to think of one. Um, but if you have an excellent actress that you think if they dyed her hair, that, that sort of white colour. Um, yeah, I mean, feel free to put it in, but you've got to have an answer by the end of the show, Rich. So, you, like, all shows... I'll do my best to think while I'm talking. Yeah, man, think on your feet, man. Think fast. Do you, do you really think I spent a lot of time thinking about it? I spent... I, I, I said... I remember saying this to you. I've got a, a face in my mind that I've just got to remember the name of. And then I said, Naomi Watts. And ever since, if anyone's ever asked me, who do you see as Sable? i got Naomi Watts. Actually, do you, you know who, who would... I'm going to keep you. You will probably maybe kick yourself for not even thinking about this. Yeah, well, who? Uh, the chick that plays Dove. Oh yeah. Oh Richard. Yes, Minka Kelly. Mm. Love her. Love her. Love her. She is one of the most beautiful women on TV or movies right now. I think she would be. And and you've seen what she looks like with the, that whitish. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, hair with dove that that like really she is, really. She is a vision. She is a vision come to life. As far as I'm concerned, I love that lady. With there you go. Life. See, didn't have to. T- didn't take that long. There you go. Didn't take Rich too long. I mean, I would almost say you've stumped me. Now I can't decide who I want. But um, I do like <laughs> Naomi Watts. Though. I'll, I'll be honest. I do like Naomi Watts. Um, now, okay, so Brendan Fraser, who for some fucking reason has come back up in the news, like with his hard luck story and his massive weight problem. Well, he seems to be, um, he seems to be having a bit of a, a comeback since, um, yeah, he sure uh, is. Doom Patrol. Yeah, he is. And it's a pity party for, for Brendan Fraser as well. Now, anyway, um, wow. he's, okay. That's, he's... that's harsh, but all right. <laughs> Sorry, Rick, if you can't tell I'm a, a bit of a mood tonight, I'm a bit over caffeinated. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Brendan Fraser, has been cast as the villain Firefly in Batgirl. My sister said he looks like a frog, and I said, I agree. Like, this is a guy who's got to drop some serious fucking kills. Yeah, no, 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 but here's the beauty. You see, when you're on your comeback mm. and, and Hollywood's starting to love you again, they will pay someone to get all that weight off you. Well, they need to get it fucking off him because it's ridiculous. He, uh, I mean, not necessarily. I mean, unless he's playing a washed-up... Um, pyro guy in the movies and that's why he turns it i mean that could explain why he's fat but i mean i i reckon he'll do some weight for the role i mean they look what they did for chris pratt yeah like if you look at chris pratt um he was a chubby yeah but um, brennan uh, fraser's fatter than chris pratt ever no was. i know but my point is they paid money yeah. for him to go to the gym yeah. and, and they gave him a personal trainer so my point is they'll probably do the same for 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 brennan fraser now doesn't mean he'll keep the weight off but He'll definitely probably have slimmed down. Because let's be honest, Doom Patrol is a TV show. And that was someone, again, maybe throwing him a bone. Yeah. So, and again, it's it's just his voice. Mm. 
So they're not exactly going to pay to have him. And in the recent movie, I think he was actually playing a fat guy. He was, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but I promise you, if you're going to be in a superhero movie, they're going to pay a personal trainer to fucking rip you into some sort of shape. Well, good. Uh, like, and frankly, right now he's going to struggle to squeeze in a Firefly suit. You know, like the little suit that Firefly wears. I can't see Brendan Fraser at his current weight really getting inside that suit. Yeah, and, no, it depends, and, I guess, you on know, the And those out there, I don't mean to fat shame Brendan Fraser, okay? But he, the guy has a weight problem. That's a fact. And I Yeah, well, again, the weight problem came from, obviously, the um, like the drug problem that he developed and, and uh, the bad back and all that sort of stuff. Again, it's not an excuse, but, I mean... Yeah. It does happen uh, when you kind of, you know, you get into a depression and shit and all that. And then just I've got a bad knee. Like, I've got a bad back. Um, yeah, I, I feel it, man. Not the depression, but uh, the bad knee and bad Well, that's going to say, it. yes, you've got issues, but you don't. The one thing you luckily you don't have is depression. I've got zero depression. Um, I'm just saying you might look a bit different if you did, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think I've had too many espressos tonight, actually. Cause I was like, uh, look, I don't mean to like... Oh, you know, I'm sorry. I will always have a soft spot for Brendan Fraser just because of the Mummy movies. I don't mind Brendan Fraser. I just think it's a disgrace what he's done to his body. He needs to get himself back in the shape. And, and the fact that he... That, I wouldn't you know, say it's a disgrace. I'd say it's unfortunate, but that's just me. Dude. Okay, well, all right. Now, Hayden Christensen is set to reprise his role as Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader in the upcoming Ahsoka Disney Plus series. This is the thing with Rosario Dawson, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely pointless. I thought you were a massive fan of it. I thought you loved The Mandalorian last season. With the no, fucking... I only like the I only like the Luke Skywalker fucking. Cameo oh, that's, that's right. That's the only thing I liked about that. You didn't like that every fucking episode of the Mandalorian was a setup for another fucking show in season two. Oh no 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 no! Mandalorian uh, season two was pretty. Um, Don't you remember bad. that they they had the chick from Battlestar Galactica with someone else as well? Do you remember that every episode yeah, was she like was, no, yeah 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 uh, so yeah she was playing Bo Katan. Yeah. which is from the Clone Wars, and then Jang, uh, uh, Boba Fett turns up, and then yeah. this character turns up. But the only one that I got a kick out of was because that's the first time I've actually seen pre-Jedi um, uh, Luke. Right. and so Where that's... I get to see him as the master. You know what I mean? I get to see him as a full-fledged, like, badass. So hold on a second. Hold on. Mandalorian takes place after Return of the Jedi, doesn't it? About five years, yeah. So what the fuck's Anakin Skywalker doing? Is he dead? No, dude. Um, no? So, one, okay, this, I promise you now, with the Ahsoka one, yeah. uh, I, th- that'll probably be his Force Ghost. Oh, I see. Right. Because if the Ahsoka one is taking place, it depends on when the Ahsoka TV show is taking place, I guess. If the Ahsoka one is taking place during the Rebellion, then, then he'll obviously be he'll be Darth Vader. If it's in the Mandalorian timeline, right. it'll, it can only be uh, either flashbacks or uh, Anakin's Force Ghost. And when is she mainly... Like, I've not watched whatever she's in in Star Wars. Is it during Rebels, or what is it? Well, she's a character that starts as um, Anakin's Padawan in really? the Clone Wars. Really? Um, then, of course, they they realized, we don't want to kill off this character, but this character literally does fuck all during the Rebel years. Is she in it? Like, is she in the Rebels show? Yes. She's actually, she's part of the, like, she's called Fulcrum in it, and she's part of the Rebellion and all that. And I thought to myself, well, that just, you see, this is where I, this is where I hate, this is why I hate prequels. 
right. in general, right? You're fucking up your own law yeah. because if you're telling me that Ahsoka is running around during the uh, well, that doesn't make any sense. Mm. It makes zero absolute sense. So one, you're telling me that she's absolutely useless and she's supposed to be like a good Jedi. Oh, she's so great. Everyone loves her, but she can't, she can't help the rebellion. Like right. she just does fuck all. Right. Okay. An untrained Luke has to go do it by himself. So what is she in there? Like if, if, if before outside of this episode, well, she's of basically in everything now. Technically, she's from the Clone War, the prequel series. Uh-huh. She's now technically part of the OT timeline, and now she's in the post. Yeah, but in terms of product, I mean, like, are there comics or, or like is she in the comics or? I think she's got one novel which Disney did. I think, um, but so, no, she never had any novels. So is it uh, if, if I watch Star Wars Rebels, is she in that? What I'm trying to say. Um, she's in like about I don't know uh, five or six episodes. And was she in the Clone Wars TV? Oh, fucking almost every single fucking annoying episode. Right. So that's what I'm trying to work out. Where was she from? She's from the Clone Wars, right? Okay. Yes. Yes. Right. Okay. She was Anakin's Padawan, running around nipping okay. at his heels. I've never all... watched the show like much. so annoying. I fucking hate that character so much. Seriously. Oh, okay. Right. And no one can change my mind. I'm sorry. Lots of my other friends have tried to change. No, she gets better. You could um, not fuck off. She's terrible. I hate her. I wish she was dead. Really? Wow. Strong words, Rich. Well, to be fair, she. this is what annoys me, right? Yes, she's got her fans, but that character had to die at the end of Clone Wars. Mm. I'm sorry. She had to die because that would have been another nail in Anakin's coffin on his way to the dark side. And it explains why she's not around in the OT timeline. Yeah, where the real I'm reason sorry, was. But they didn't want. Oh no! But it's so popular. It's a popular female character. We can't kill her. So let's just fuck up the whole history <laughs> and law to accommodate keeping this character around. Fucking stupid. I love it, Rich. I love it when you get passionate on your Star Wars stuff. Yeah, that was the. So I didn't really make myself clear. That was what I was trying to work out. Like, in terms of product, what is she in? Not in terms of continuity. Just like you know. If I bought, was she in the Star Wars Clone Wars comics? That you know, those kind of yeah, things? yeah. She would have had um, something, probably a storyline or right. uh, appears in a storyline or something like that. Yeah. But but her main thing is that she was in. Uh, yeah, her biggest thing was she wasn't in any real novels or anything like that. She was mainly in just the TV show. Okay. Well, I mean, Rich, you, you know, you you've answered the, you've answered the question very successfully. I mean, good you know, good luck to you. And, and you're so you're you're one hundred. I didn't even realize she was a Jedi. Um, but that's how stupid well, I Well, she's am. not. They to to uh, to get rid of her at the end of Clone Wars. They made her leave the Jedi Order. She got accused of a crime, and even though she was found innocent, she was like, "Fuck you all! I'm pissed off with you. I'm leaving. Bye." But does she have Jedi power? Oh, of course. You don't lose your power. It's just because you leave the Jedi Order. But she's not technically a Jedi. Okay. Did she use her powers in that episode of uh, Mandalorian? I don't even remember. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's how little I recall. Like, okay. So, all right. So, surely it's quite likely that she they will do it as um, during the rebellion, so they can have. No, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, as I said to you, they'll they'll probably have some flashbacks to explain maybe if she had any close run-ins with Darth Vader in that period. If they do flashbacks, otherwise, as I said, the most logical thing would be. The Force goes, but then again, you see, now you're fucking up your law as well, because are you really telling me that Anakin, as a Force ghost, will go to his Padawan, but not to his grandson, to say, don't follow my path? Yeah. 
don't be the bad guy. Like, come on. Like, well, you they see, don't you're just mucking that, it all up. They don't care. Oh, that's if they do that. Yeah. But they, they don't really care, though. You know, like, they're... they're no, just... they've, look, they've, they've, they've fucked Star Wars up pretty much beyond um, beyond saving, honestly. But, but I think they really want to get to a situation where if they can have flashbacks and have Darth Vader rolling around, they're quite happy with that. You know? Yeah, look, well, here's the thing. You don't... The reason I think it's going to be Force Ghost mm. is because you don't need Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader. Mm. It's literally unnecessary. Why? Because you would have that other guy um, doing the voice. Um, what's his name? Well, James yeah, one, you, you just get someone who can sound like Darth Vader mm. or like James Earl Jones with the, with the, the, the uh, mechanical voice. Mm. Plus, you're going to need a, a tall actor to put the suit on because he's supposed to be fucking towering. Mm. Above, uh, you know, people. That's why they had um, David Prowse, mm. you know, this really big fucking guy. So my point is, you don't need one. Hayden Christian is too small mm. to be Darth Vader, like you know. Um, and and secondly, if it's Darth Vader, you you literally don't need him. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's why if you get if he's coming to the show, my thinking is it has to be a Force Ghost because. Otherwise, that's the only reason you would need Hayden Christensen to come. Yeah, and and what did you think of when George edited out the other actor? I fucking hated that. I hated that. So for listeners who aren't aware, because uh, I thought you would hate it, Rich, and yeah, I'm correct. It basically, they edited out whoever the original guy was in the in the fire, and then they replaced him with uh, Hayden Christensen at the end of In Return of the Jedi. Yeah, well, the reason that it annoyed me the most, right, is because, one, you've taken that guy's one, like, fucking scene mm. where you can you can see his face proper. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And um, I think it was Sebastian... Was it Sebastian Shaw? I have no idea who the guy was, yeah. I think it was Sebastian Shaw. If I'm, if I remember correctly, someone can, can uh, correct me. But um, that was his moment. You know, yeah. to stand like as a Jedi next to Obi Wan and Yoda. And secondly, the reason it pissed me off, you're supposed to look like you did when you died. Oh, really? You know, now really? look, no, no, I'm talking about like age. Okay. Yeah. Now, right. Obi Wan died as an old man, so he comes back as an old man ghost. Yoda dies as an old fucking, you know, uh, Yoda, and so comes back as an, an old Yoda. But yet, Darth Vader comes back looking like his fucking 30 year old self. It didn't make any sense. Right, I didn't think of that, actually. That's a good point, Rich, you right. They could have at least tried to maybe age him up or, you know, make him look older or something like that, but they were just like, nah, just fucking stick him in there. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Well, that was George Lucas. That was your boy, George Lucas. Yeah, no, no, no. George Lucas is a brilliant man with Star Wars, but when it came to um, changing things, he was he was terrible. Mm. Now, also, uh, Hayden Christian was confirmed to be involved in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series as well, which makes sense. Again, if it's... No, again, if it's Darth Vader, it makes no sense. You don't need him. Well, yeah, I guess... This... Unless maybe you're going to have one shot with you where you put makeup on Hayden Christensen, you know, when he takes the helmet off. Oh, that'd be cool. You don't need him to run around in the suit. That's true, actually. That's true. That's a good point, Rich. You make a lot of good points tonight, Rich. You're under, oh, a, bit of, you. you're under a bit of fire. You're coming in, and, I, you know, I'm kind of got the anti-aircraft gun going, and you're trying to land the chopper. <laughs> You're doing a good job. I'm, I'm kind of giving you like a little bit of a little bit of heat at times. You know, that's the kind of mood I'm in. Um, and again, I'm not saying this for, for any Hayden Christensen hate. I actually enjoyed his movie Jumper. Yeah, yeah, me too. Like, I don't think he's a terrible actor. I just think George Lucas wrote a terrible Anakin, 
Um, but I'm just saying, I don't like it's Darth Vader. You just need a big guy in a fucking black suit. Yeah. And someone who can sound like him. Like, you don't actually need Hayden for that. No, I agree with you. That, that is a good point. I mean, unless you're going to have a scene, maybe he's in like one scene where you see his desecrated body, you know, yeah. inside Or the, if yeah. they're going to try and do some sort of flashbacks or, or, or something. I don't know. Like, that's the only thing I can see that you would need uh, a Hayden Christian for. Fair enough. Um, now, big big topic here, and I got very, very excited this week. <laughs> uh, a new study, Richard. Uh, from, I, wish you, oh, I wish you wouldn't use that word. A new study coming from NASA suggests that our galaxy might be full of dead alien civilizations that have destroyed themselves. This was reported in IGN. I got in real deep. I'm trying to get my hands on the actual study. Uh, if there's a study published, Rich, do you think I can get my hands on it? As I told you, Dave, when you called me up all excited, mm. there is no study. No study, but that's exactly what it you, is. Isn't it? You, no, no. You cannot study something that's not there. Well. What they've done is they've just had some scientists go, I hypothesize that there's probably, and it's like, yeah, but as I said to you, if, if NASA or some fucking uh, uh, thing with a telescope discovered, you know, imagery of... of devastated cities on another planet yes. using this. It would be all over the fucking news. Yeah, okay. How can you have a study for something that there is no physical evidence of for you to study? That's not a study. That's a paper or a, a theory well, even or the a pa- thought. Whatever you call it, the paper. Well, plenty of papers have come out speculating on alien life and stuff. But that's like, my point. It's just all fucking speculation. You might as well just be a sci-fi writer then, coming up with a cool <laughs> idea. <laughs> it's, look, as I said to you, it'd be fucking cool if it was true. But if oh, yeah. it was true, it would be all over the news. It yeah. would replace COVID. It would replace politics. Every single news, you know, uh, outlet, twenty four seven, would be talking about these pictures or this evidence. Okay. Well, let's talk about of... it for a second, though. Like, let's hypothetically just forget about the study. I, I'm now just I, I'm going to sleep at night and I'm thinking about these these dead civilizations. Which we could become one of one day and just, just orbiting suns. And my brain is just going at a million miles an hour, Rich. I can barely calm down at times. I'm thinking about it so much. And I'm saying to Michelle, I go, Michelle, is there any way I can get my hands on the study? And she's like, seriously, you need to calm down. <laughs> but, but, like, I am very excited about this whole thing. Is this the precursor to contact? You know no. what I'm saying? Calling occupants of interplanetary craft. You ever heard that song from um, the Carpenters? Yeah, it's so fucking cool. Um, oh, dude, I'm just my brain is just exploding at the moment with this with this news. And when I first read it, I thought that they discovered it. <laughs> that was my first thought because I called you, and. Yeah. And I was you were like, dude, they discovered, and I was like, read it to me, and then you read it to me, and I was like, mate, that's not a discovery. That's that's someone had a thought. <laughs> so, <laughs> someone hypothesized that this probably <laughs> destroys civilizations, and you know why I don't agree with that? Why? Because our planet has been around for millions of years. Yeah, but it's been destroyed before with the dinosaurs and stuff, like, you know, civilizations and all that. No, 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 but, okay, so I guess my, my hypothesis is I think most, if, if if there are other life, which, you know, a, a probability there is, 
I think they're kind of on the same trajectory as us. I don't think there's any civilization that is like so far ahead of us in terms of why science and all that. Why do you sort of say stuff. that? I mean, they could have they could have peaked and troughed like many other cultures in human history have peaked and troughed. You know, where yeah, no, 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 but not, not to the point where they're like so far fucking ahead of us that they're flying around in spaceships and stuff and all that. I think they're still like um, planet bound. Maybe, yeah. But, you know, but, but even if they're planet bound. I don't believe there's alien races flying around taxis in space sure. going from different planet to different planet. I believe that they're kind of near or around near kind of where we are technology. Maybe, maybe it could be one that's like 100 or 1,000 years. But I mean, I still even then, I don't think you're going to get space travel. Like yeah. to, to the extent that you're talking about where you could go from here to here and, and not age. But, dude, what about like, this? What, what if they're, they're not space travel, but they're still dead civilizations? That's still an alien civilization, just because they haven't got space travel. I, I, I don't know, man. Like, uh, you know what I'm saying? I, it's, look, I mean, I suppose it is possible if some unlucky planet, yes, maybe yeah. uh, got hit by, like, a, a meteor or something. But, or I mean, nuked themselves? I, don't know, I don't know if that happens very often, though. Or nuked themselves, you know, to, which we easily could have done. Uh, I you mean... Know? Yeah, but I mean, there would still be some kind of life on the planet. Maybe. But, you know, like, think of the dinosaurs. They ruled for millions of years. Then the comet hit and they, they were made extinct. No, but not all of them were extinct. Some of them did evolve but, to different um, Yeah, well, eventually that's where species humans and come versions. from. So my point is they weren't completely wiped out, is my point. Sure. Okay. Some did survive. So that's my point. I just don't... I cannot imagine some fucking thing that wipes off every single civilization and thing on the entire planet. Skynet? <laughs> Seriously, if the if the machine, yeah, yeah, but again, the whole planet, Dave. Sure, maybe a city. Well, Skynet almost killed the whole country. planet. Skynet almost killed the whole planet. There's just a straggly band of like rebels left. Dave, you cannot use science fiction <laughs> as a as a as a proof of God's <laughs> someone wrote that, Dave. <laughs> James Cameron, high high on coke, if you recall. Yeah, remember, but... you can't you can't use fiction as a. As, as a form of like, well, look what happened here. Well, like, that no, wasn't he on ecstasy. Do you remember he said he was, he was really high on, I think, coke and ecstasy at the time, and then he came up with the plot for Terminator. Um, wow. Hey, well, whatever whatever uh, stokes your, your um, imagination, fries. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Well, it, yeah, it paid for itself. Um, yeah, but I also had the idea. I kept saying to you, Rich, I said, I'm confident that I have past life memories of alien contact. Like, I'm confident. That the alien birthing chambers are there, Rich. Like, I feel it. See, I said this to you. Da, you, well, you see, Dave, like, I mean, I'm not trying to be a prick and burst your bubble here. Yeah. I just think that's your imagination, like, because you just feel it so strongly. That you've convinced yourself that it's memories from a past life. Because you just, you feel it so strongly, so passionate about those birthing chambers <laughs> that I think you've dreamt something and then you've, your brain's convinced you that that was a memory. Well, also, I want to bring in my other past life thing. I'm confident I knew Virginia Woolf, the writer, not well in a past life in London. And I was reading her diaries, and I was thinking some of the scenes that were playing out in the diaries, I'm like, I feel as if I've lived these before. I've been at some of these parties, you know? Okay. I was, I, it was Yeah, and I was just like, I, I felt a connection across the decades and the century. You know what I'm saying? It, it floated across to me, and I was like, I feel like I've been there. And not a central player, a bit player in proceedings, but I recognise the mood. I recognise the descriptions. And I was like, I actually feel as if I've lived this. 
You know what I'm saying? It was it was a sure. Was I mean, it just could mean that you have a very strong imagination, sure, and connection to the writing, which I do. But anyway, but yeah. but seriously, I read those diaries sometimes, and I'm like, man, this feels real, as if I was there, you know. And was I? There? I mean, that's. I mean, that's good. I mean, that's what any writer wants you to feel. So yeah. <laughs> they've done their job. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Um, so, I mean, the jury's still out on alien races so far on Signal. We're obviously monitoring the situation as always. Your, your jury's still out. Mine came back with a swift verdict. <laughs> now, Eternals, the movie that nobody's looking forward to, has now passed Thor: The Dark World as the worst reviewed MCU film ever. Um, that's not surprising. Uh, look, is this actually film out, or it must be getting like critical screenings or something? Because I'm not, I'm not sure if it's. Well, I know released. it's out, and someone leaked something. So, what was the leak? Actually, let's do the leak. I think it was the. Um, I mean, I'm going to spoil it. So, if anyone spoilers, doesn't want spoilers for the um, the the after credit scene for the crappy internals, right? Just film. just yeah, you know, maybe skip a bit. Is um, uh, Black Knight really? That's the spoiler. Yeah, and it's, he's played by Kit Harrington. Is it Kit Harrington? Is that that guy's name? Jon Snow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's actually cool. Like Black Knight. If Black Knight's the kind of guy in the Crusader get-up, isn't he? Is that him? Yeah, he's the with the black sword. Okay, he's the, actually I, pretty I, cool. I always thought of him as like Marvel's um, uh, stealing of Sir Justin. Right. Yeah, I was going to say like he's very Sir Lancelot-ish, isn't he? You know? Yeah, like I mean, it goes. I mean, they had uh, they had Sir Justin, you know, the guy in the gold and the red with the sword and the flying horse, and that's right. basically what Black Knight is, just in black with red. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not super familiar with the guy. I mean, I know he turns up in the Avengers at times. Mm. Um, he's in well, he was in um, he was in uh, well, was it? Um, fuck, man, we were just doing it. He was in. Uh, was he in Defenders War? Yes, he Defenders. Was. That was it. I kept yeah. thinking Outsiders because we read Outsiders, but no, Steve Defenders. Steve Englehart, yes. who we've had on the show, was it was uh, had a bit to do with him, I think. Yeah, um, a pretty cool character and, a, and an offbeat character. Do we have any context on the spoiler? Like, no, I just know what the spoiler was. I haven't read any context on it or anything like that. I'm sure he probably just rocks up and goes, "Hi, I'm Black Knight," and then that's it. <laughs> I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am Black Knight, and people are like, "Who?" And Black Knight fucking first yeah. appearance goes up massively. Well, put it this way: it's a it's a spoiler for comic fans. It's certainly not a spoiler for your average audience. I mean, that's a really dumb fucking. I, I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I think that's a really fucking dumb reveal because right. it's a character that no regular person knows of. Okay, so here we go. Uh, Post credit scenes. One allegedly focuses on Dane Whitman, the Marvel character known as Black Knight. Game of Thrones star Kit Harrington is the actor in the role and is at the heart of a post-credits scene, finding an old sword and hearing ominous words of, of warning not to pick up the blade. Created by Roy Thomas and John Buscema in Avengers 47, the Black Knight's powers come from a mystical sword called the Ebony Blade, which grants its wielders powers but also curses them. And now let's see if there's another... Uh, Frank Terry did a good Black Knight uh, issue recently. Uh, second... There's another post credit scene worth mentioning in which we meet Thanos' brother, Star Fox. Star Fox is a superhero from the cosmic side of the Marvel Universe and a member of the Eternals race. While Star Fox looks more human, as most Eternals do, Thanos had deviant genes, which gave him a more monstrous appearance. Here's the thing with Star Fox, though. He's kind of a creep with the power to control 
people's emotions or something. People's emotions. Star Fox was accused of using his powers to seduce a married woman. Blah blah blah. Um. Okay. All right. Well, there we go. So, Star, Star Fox and um, who I believe at times was called Eros as well. Um, uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah, because there's some really awful fucking Avengers that I wanted the misfortune to read, which had that in it, and I was like, man, I don't care about this these characters in any way. Um, but you know yeah. what? I, this is the biggest problem with, uh, and this is why I always thought this movie was gonna suck, not necessarily do so well, is because the cast is far too big. Yeah, like the Eternals needed to be a TV show. Yeah, on on Disney Plus because it's just so many characters you cannot put i mean how many of them is there it's like i feel like it's like 10 i don't i don't even know who the eternals are man like don't ask me i mean yeah I, but i'm I, saying I, there's got to be at least close to 10 of them right you cannot have a cast of 10 care about the eternals like in a movie and you because no one's going to get enough screen time dude, i don't give a fuck about the inhumans let alone the eternals you know what i mean like they, well look i think to be fair eternals could be more interesting than the inhumans just because of the cosmic um, yeah, I suppose so. Angle to it, I get, you know, with, you know, the big celestials and you could have really yeah, cool, yeah, like, yeah. like, but my point is, I still feel like if you're going to have 10 cast members or eight or well, 10. It's a team movie then, you know? Yeah, but, yeah, but not that many. Yeah, it's a lot. Like even Avengers was only six. And they all had lead in And movies. they had, and most of them had their own movie at least so that you yeah. knew half of them going into it. And nobody fucking cares about the eternal solo characters whoever they are like no like that's what i said i just think that that was too big a cast for a a, a, a two oh, dude i look can i i'm gonna i'm gonna take the fucking rug right off this fuck the eternals man like <laughs> fuck the eternals hey, dude. hey hey that's a jack kirby thing huh? i couldn't give a fuck jack kirby not everything not everything's gold you know like and it's not just jack kirby i mean god bless the guy i'm sure he thought it was great stuff but like the sheer massive lack of Eternals content over the fucking decades that I've been reading comics tells me that there's like zero reader interest, and and now we have to. No, like, but you know... but Dave, let's be honest. The reason they went straight to the Eternals is because obviously they were picking up some um, some flack Why? because of their lack of representation. So they picked something like the Eternals because well, it's got a massive cast. They and they fill could it. just diversify it with everything under the sun. But do you really think that that's the their, their goal yes, is to make I money? I do believe that their goal is to make money, though. At the end of the day, like that's the Disney. Look, they have made money, but they are they have people have always been like the the one criticism that's been thrown at them. Yeah. Every time a Marvel movie came out, you know, well, how white it is. Sure. There's no gay characters. There's no. You know, brown. You know, characters. But I, I don't like, mind like, a bit of diversification. I, I just no, no, hate the Eternals. I'm just saying. I think the reason that they went with that movie specifically, or that franchise, is just because how big the cast is. Yeah, but like, and because it is a, a lesser known, they can kind of do a more yeah. what they want with those characters than someone a little bit more established, like they did with Guardians. Yeah, originally, you know. Okay, all right. Well, I, I couldn't. I'm. I, I'm going to be brutally honest. I'm not going to see it in cinemas. Fuck going to see Eternals in cinemas. You know. Um, yeah, I, don't, I don't. I don't blame you. I, <laughs> I, just, I don't think. I don't think you get any pushback for not going. Yeah, uh, Rich. Now you've got some Ruby Rose news. What's going on here? This is related uh, to the uh, Batwoman thing. Yeah. Yeah. This is the, the the story that just won't go away. I love it. It's a new cry <laughs> book. It's a new cry book. Yeah. So. Um, 
So obviously Ruby Rose has doubled down on her claims of a toxic work environment. But of course, the CW and Warner Brothers and all the other people working on the show have also doubled down. Love it. And said that she's the toxic mm. uh, person and all that sort of stuff. And that's why I said to you, I said, you know what? I think both sides are, are true. I think both sides are telling the truth. Yeah. But you did say that. Apparently, she is being sued by Dugray Scott. Who is Dugray Scott? Because she threw Dugray Scott under the bus. She was. Well, you mean you know him, the actor, right? No, no, not no? at all. No. Well, no, I don't. I, well, I he plays. He plays her father in the TV show. Oh, okay. Uh, but Dugray Scott was actually supposed to be Wolverine before Hugh Jackman. Really? Wasn't yep. Wasn't there a wrestler? Oh, no, that was Sabretooth. No, no, that was Sabretooth. No, right. Dugray Scott, he was in, uh, let me see, he was in Ever After. I think it was called with Drew Barrymore. He was yeah, in Mission Impossible that. 2. Okay. He was... Um, so, And she threw him under the bus, though. She oh, she said that he yeah. was going on tirades and yelling at people and screaming at people. And really? He was trying to get out of the show. And so I think he's now suing her for $10 million for, I guess, slander? Def- defamation, probably, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, so he's doubling down on <laughs> that he's in the right and okay. she's in the wrong. So this is just turning into one big pile of everyone sh- like shitting on someone. Wow. I, I love it, Rich. And you, you're on top of the story, though, as well, which is... Which well, I don't is, want to be, but it keeps popping into my feed. Just it's, because, it's one of your you stories, know, man. I mean, you've no, got no to run... No one wants with, to let it die. You've got to run with the Ruby Rose thing and you've got to stay on this fucking Buzz Lightyear thing. Yeah, well, I'll stay on the Buzz Lightyear. The Ruby, I couldn't give two shits about it. I mean, one, I don't like Ruby Rose. Two, I don't like Batwoman. Three, I don't like the CW. So I don't. I have no vested fucking interest in any of these people. But it's your story, Rich. And it's like Lois is throwing your fucking story. You know what I'm saying? Like, normally I take a story like that. But this time Lois has done you a favor and she's flicked you a story. So you stay on it, man. If you can get Ruby Rose on the show, I'll give you $50. I swear to God. Get, get Ruby Rose on the show. 50 bucks, cash, slid across the table to you, Rich. I mean, who's going to say no? I'd, you know what? I'd rather go to bed. <laughs> I'm not going to throw that effort for 50 bucks. <laughs> I love it. It's fucking funny. Um, Rockstar have released the first gameplay trailer for GTA, the trilogy, the definitive edition. This is going to be, I'm so excited. GTA 3, GTA Vice City, and GTA San Andreas. I am buying it. The second it hits the PlayStation Store, I've got the next day off work, Rich. I am just going to go in so deep, man. Maybe uh, Rockstar has taken a, a, a leaflet out of uh, Bethesda's uh, handbook. Yeah, but at least in this case, these these games haven't been on consoles, man. You know? I know, but people are not clamoring for the GTA trilogy. They are clamoring for GTA 6. I'm clamoring for the GTA trilogy. I fucking can't wait. Okay. I mean, yeah. Well, how many GTAs have you finished? Me? Uh, well, four and five. And... Did you finish them? 100% completed? Yeah. GTA 4 and 5, yeah, of course. Okay. And um, GTA, funnily enough, I'm old... I'm pretty sure you haven't finished uh, Red Dead 2 yet, have you? No, I haven't, actually. Um, and, and that's... And, you know, I should finish that because it's actually quite an enjoyable game. Um, and I've put in tons of hours on it, but I just haven't played it recently. But, um, no, I, play, I finished 4 and 5, and I'm old enough, Rich, to have played... On the Sega Mega Drive, I believe it was GTA 1 or 2, where it was top-down. And I loved it with a passion. 
and I had on PC GTA 3 but never finished it. So I'm I'm dying to dive into these games, which they've remastered and everything. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to pick them up on release date, and I'm going to be playing the hell out of them. I've got their whole next day off work. Well, it's a Friday, and I'm just going to go to fucking town. Fair enough. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. Like, the joy for me is I haven't actually played those games. Like, I only played a little bit of GTA 3, and I didn't play Vice City or San Andreas because I didn't have... Did they come out on the original Xbox? They probably did. I would... Uh, I'm sure one of the GTAs did. Yeah, but, like, 360... Oh, uh, I think... Shit. Was it original or Xbox 360, the one with the... Um, uh, is San Andreas the one with the... Um, where where it's the, the Black Gang? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the guy goes, oh, shit, here we go again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's San Andreas. But I, I think, think that's, that's, that was either on... Original Xbox or 360? I, I, I think it was original Xbox, but I could mm, be wrong. But could be. Regardless, yeah, I'll be picking. Oh yeah, no, no, because I think four came on 360. It wasn't did, it? yeah. Oh hell yeah, and so did yeah, five. Yeah, so then yeah, San Andreas probably would have been original Xbox. Dude, you might not realize this, but so did five. Five originally came out on the 360. That's how long ago it was. Well, that's because one, the 360 had such a long life. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, and then I rebought it on the Xbox One, but and then they're going to redo it again on, you know, whatever the thing's called now, which is ridiculous. Like, you know, it is ridiculous. I agree. Yeah. No. I, and I and I wouldn't buy GTA Five again on the on the new console, but I will buy this trilogy because primarily I haven't played it. And everybody raves about them, and I'm like, well, why not? Like, fucking enjoy it. I mean, I enjoyed GTA Three a lot when I was playing it on PC back in the day, but. They were back in the days, which remember how I used to like to rove in GTA? Yeah. I was a rover back then. I, I struggled to f- stick with a storyline. I was a rover. I wanted to just cause mayhem and havoc. It, it was really hard for me to get through my head that it was supposed to be like a script. You know? I was like, man, I just want to get my fucking gun. That's probably why it takes you so long to finish games. Yeah, I know. But I was like, I just want to get out of my gun and like blaze. Like, G- like Red Dead Redemption 2. I've, I've put tons of hours into that game. You know? And I've traversed widely across the terrain, like massively, but the storyline I've been a bit slow on. But anyway, um, no, I'm looking forward to it. Will you be picking it up, Rich? No. No, definitely not. You're not a GTA guy, are you? At the end of the day? No, I'd much rather... Uh, 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 I'll, I'll wait for uh, Red Dead 3. Fair enough. You like Red Dead, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I'd I'm, I'm much rather be a cowboy than a fucking gangbanger. Yeah, okay. Um, now, Army of Thieves is out, tapping into the Snyderverse zombieverse. Uh, it's, oh, a, it's a prequel to Army of Dead. He didn't direct so it. No, so no zombies then? There is zombies, yes. They're doing, How? They're doing a heist, Rich. They're, I have not watched it yet. <laughs> they're doing a heist, but apparently there's the, the zombie outbreak is just starting. Um, outside, But they're focused on the mission, which is a heist. But Look, they're calling it Army of Thieves. They're not even putting any kind of like undead or zombie in the title. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but I will have watched it by next show, and I'll give you a full review. Um, I was watching Document of the Dead the other day, which is the making of movie about um, that he released during Day of the Dead, George Romero. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was, it was interesting, man. Like, they talk a lot about, like, Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead and, and um, mm. Day of the Dead, obviously. Um, yeah, Best but I, zombie movies ever made. Yeah, I totally agree. By I, the I, way, I just yeah. want to say Day of the Dead is super underrated. It's a it's really a, good movie. It's an excellent movie. I totally agree with you there, Rich. Um, I think that's one of the fucking best comments that you've made this And that's And show. by the way, that has the best um, uh, zombie kills as well. It does have because 
obviously when they did uh, Dawn of the Dead, it you know again it's a bit new. You're still like learning sure. your craft and the special effects, and you know the blood didn't look quite as real, and you know sometimes the guts look too clean. Yeah. But Day of the Dead, oh my god, the fucking practical effects in this one, man, is just fucking top notch. No, it's great. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely Day of the Dead's great because like whereas the other one they're stuck in the shopping mall, this one was all a, it was like a metaphor for the threat of nuclear war. They were stuck down there in the. Yeah, they're the in that, like sort of that army bunker, yeah. and scientists they are trying to like figure shit out. But of course, the army guys hate the fucking nerds, and then you've got like your independent sort of people who, you know, uh, is like the third faction, and it's just it's fantastic. You got like this this uh, Frankensteinian uh, scientist who's like yeah. doing experiments on the stuff, and uh, it's just it's just really good. It's no, really I, good, I, and it's much more confined and claustrophobic mm. than obviously uh, Dawn of the Dead. Mm. Yeah, Dawn of the Dead's my favourite, but Day of the Dead's also very, very good. What did you think of his later movies, like Diary of the Dead and stuff like that? And, uh, I mm, They were okay, but I, I was disappointed that they were a bit sort of like low budget and he went yeah. for the 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 um, documentary style yeah. Yeah. thing and all that. Um, and Land of the Dead was, it was okay. I mean, it was an interesting um, leap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, in sort of because those movies are like those four movies are like a continuation of each other yes it doesn't just show you the evolution of what humans uh become but also what zombies become yeah i didn't like the zombies became smart and stuff really um i didn't mind it because in, in a way it kind of makes sense because i mean that's what he was kind of leading with in uh one dawn of the dead that you know, there was a thing in them that made them go to the mall. Yes. Because they'd always gone to the mall, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in, in Day of the Dead, um, you have that scientist, and he, with his experiments, he realized that they do still have, it's almost like a childlike um, remembrance, but they have some remembrance of, like, objects. Yeah, yeah. And, and stuff and all that. So I thought to myself, look, it's a good continuation of that. I mean, if Land of the Dead was just a movie on its own, I would think it was stupid. Mm. But he did set kind of that up in the in the previous two movies so that I was like, okay, yes, I buy it because you've kind of set that up uh, in, in the last two movies. Sure. Um, so it, it was just interesting, but it was more interesting seeing the humans that still greed and, and yeah. wealth and all that sort of shit, even in like a fucking destroyed um, civilization and all that, still manages to separate the the, the, the wealthy from the poor. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Which is kind of funny. Yeah, and the um, in Day of the Dead, they're doing experiments on the zombies, aren't they? From memory. Yeah, Day of the Dead is when they is when he really hammers home that there is some in the back of the brain somewhere there. There's a part of the brain that does kind of remember, like what they used to do. Yeah, and 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 what objects are used for and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's interesting that in Walking Dead, uh, they've never done that. I wonder if he was ever tempted to do that, but they've never done that in Walking Dead. Probably not, because, I mean, I think the whole commentary on Walking Dead is that it's not about the zombies, it's about the humans. Yeah, true. Um, now Whereas fa- George, I remember, is about the zombies. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Far Cry 6 is sending emails to players who drop out of the game, written in the voice of Giancarlo Esposito's character, Anton Castello. Um, that's actually quite okay. amusing. I mean, it's kind of funny that they're sending out these things to people who drop out of the game. I fucking hate that, though. <laughs> Why? I hate it when I get an email from, like, Netflix or 
or, f- or fucking stand where they were like, we miss you, come back. It's like, go fuck yourself. Like, seriously. But, yeah. you know, that's a generic thing you've just sent out because you want to make money. Yeah, that's You true. want someone to come back and play your game and spend money or uh, re-sign up for their, your monthly subscription. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, dear David, we miss you in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. You were the best Viking <laughs> of them all. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah, I fucking hate that. I hate that. Yeah. Um, it'd be funny if he was like flat out just trying to con you in the emails, like you know they've got like this. Guy. Send me three hundred dollars because. I'm... <laughs> like, have you seen that? Have you seen that Michael Jackson one? No. This is fake one um, that gets sent out, and it's like, hi, this is um, this is Michael Jackson. I'm not dead. Um, I'm in this country. Can you wire me six hundred dollars so I can come back to the US to start making music again? And I'm not joking. The next message after that is hee hee. <laughs> I don't know if it's fake or whatever, but it was making the rounds, and I thought to myself, you know, someone could have probably done that and just hoped someone was fucking stupid enough to do it. Because you only need one person to send you six hundred dollars, and you got six hundred dollars. I swear to God, I'd pay six hundred dollars to never hear a fucking Michael Jackson song again. Like, um, God, you are in a harsh mood tonight. Oh, uh, to me, a massively overrated artist. Like, ah, uh, can know. I? I mm, I just I, I agree and disagree with you. I think um, as as he got on in life, I did I do think his music became a little bit Sucky. overrated. But Sucked. if you're talking about young Michael Jackson, that shit is fucking the bomb. Yeah, young Michael Jackson, fine, but like he hung around for a fucking long time after that. No, no, no. But I'm just saying, I don't feel he's overrated. I feel like yes, his his later stuff because he was Michael Jackson was probably. A bit hype more than it was, but no. I mean, if 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 Michael Jackson had started making music like he did when he was like uh, when he was in Jackson Five or just came into his own, yeah. I think what was his first album, Off, Off the, the Wall? Wall? That's a good album. Mate, that would have been fucking top Michael Jackson if he had made if he had continued to make music like that. But have you, man, have you noticed that Michael Jackson actually profile has been a bit a bit a bit low recently? Like it's like. They've taken a bit of a rest from playing a bit of Michael Jackson. Like, it seems like he's, you know... Well, I think so many people are just doing it now because if, now that he's dead, everyone's just convinced that he was a pedophile and so no one's playing his music. Sure. Um, Captain Marvel direct, 2 director blames Steve Rogers for the snap. Now, I want to get your take on this because, I, I, okay, the snap is what happened in Avengers Infinity War when Thanos killed, like, half of the universe, yeah? Yeah. Okay. So, DaCosta, who's the... Captain Marvel 2 director, we it's the Marvels movie, yeah, with Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, and someone else. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, DaCosta comes to the conclusion that the whole fiasco was because of Captain America's refusal to sacrifice Vision early on in Infinity War. In an interview with Inverse, she explains that if, Captain, if Steve Rogers had been logical, he would have determined that losing the sentient android would be worth it compared to the millions of deaths in the universe. She, and the quote is, sometimes I, I like to say a bit flippantly about Captain America, it's a snap, is all his fault, because he was trying to do the, his best, trying to do the right thing. There is a world in which he's a villain, because at the end of the day, he should have sacrificed Vision. He chose one robot's life, albeit a sentient one, over literally the entire universe. There's sort of an anti-hero in that, if you want to look at it through that lens. Now, I want to piece together what she's talking about. Um, what's your take, Rich? She's a dumb motherfucker. Yeah. I, I don't get it. Like, I don't really remember the scene that well either, which isn't helping. Um, but, like, how is... Did well, okay, hang on, hang go- on. First of all, it can't be his fault because, okay, they knew that Thanos was coming for uh, Vision, right? Right. 
But you can also then blame the other people before Steve that allowed their gems to be taken. Yeah. Like Gamora told him where the fucking gem was, mm. thinking that he couldn't get to it. If she had just shut her fucking mouth, <laughs> he would never have known where it was. So you could no. say it's her fault. Now, secondly, let me ask you this. The way that um, Scarlet Witch reacts, do you think there's any fucking way that she would allow Steve to to kill um, yeah. Vision? And here's the thing. Even if you kill Vision, the stone still exists. I was. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Destroying Vision doesn't destroy the fucking gym. Exactly. This woman knows absolutely nothing. I agree, I, it, but it just feels like she's stretching to make it. But who's the oh, anti-hero? She's, yeah, she's trying to just. She's trying to be like um, edgy. Yeah, it feels and like, like that. as she says, flippant, where yeah. she's trying to blame the guy that represents Captain America. I guess you know the upstanding Boy Scout. Yeah, as being like he's the actual villain because he allowed Vision to. It's like whether Vision fucking one he couldn't stop uh, um, Vision from coming to being right because it was actually Thor. Mm. Captain America actually wanted the, the 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 vision thing to stop. Yeah. Remember? It was Tony who was saying, no, this has to happen. Cap was trying to pull the plug on vision. Right. Thor was the one who came in and stopped them all and, and, and gave his power to help actually bring vision to life. Okay. So when? Has she even watched the fucking movies? I mean, but also it just feels like she's really reaching. To, like you could say it's... Thor's fault and Hulk's fault because they got beaten to fuck by Thanos. Remember? Well, you could say for not stopping well, again, for not look, stopping to, Thanos is what I'm trying to say. No, no, no. You know? Look, take the Vision out of the equation. The gem exists. Yeah. Whether Vision exists or not, whether Vision is brought into the world or not, yeah. The gem exists. Who created the gems? Do we have the answer to that? Like the Celestials. Okay, we do have the answer to that. That's good to know. Well, it's the Celestial's fault. You could say that. You could go all the way back. No, but they were actually using the gems to wipe out populations and shit and really? control the universe. So, I well, mean, then it's their it fault. is their fault, but they don't care because that is what they were using the fucking gems for anyway. And what are the, cel the Celestials are those big guys, aren't they? Like they're really... Yeah, yeah, those big, massive Galactus kind of... We've sort things. of seen them in the films, sort of, a little bit, haven't we? But not properly. Uh, you saw uh, one of them in God uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, that was like when um, Benicio like an... Torres is like mowing them down like wheat. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. There was like it. a video representation of them, wasn't there? Or yeah, something? and it shows it like uh, hitting his rod into the ground, and then all these people just fucking yeah. just disintegrate. But well, no, it's, I mean, it's I'm their sorry, fault. But... It's their fault. Yeah, they created. Yeah, it. it's their fault. But even if you, even if these people are supposed to keep the stuff safe, as I said, Captain America had no say he was the one that actually tried to stop vision from actually coming into being right yeah. he tried to stop tony and and uh bruce yeah because they were the ones that were bringing him into the world right and thor actually sided with them and with his power so again how do you blame steam for that secondly okay vision exists now you know he's come for the gem what is he supposed to do kill vision again the gem is still there the gem doesn't die with vision. Secondly, let's say that vision it does die. Do you honestly think Scarlet Witch is going to let them do that? No, she's crazy. She's she's she's, she's crazy in love with him, man. Like, I mean, look how she she react. You know what I mean? Like she she killed him right at the end. But as I said, she overloaded the gem. Right. How could Cap do that? 
I don't Cap know. doesn't have the power to do that. So how again? How is it his fault? Again, this is such a massive reach. Like I think she hurt a, she pulled a muscle. <laughs> I think I heard something pop. <laughs> because that was a massive fucking reach. This it is. Was. I think this is someone who's heard about the movies, <laughs> but has never actually watched the movies. Yeah, but I like the way she's like something I like to say flippantly. It's like how often are you saying this? Like who wants to hear it? Like no one. You know. I think she's trying to be clever, but the problem is, is that. Her argument isn't valid. No, it's a stupid like, argument. A good argument is something where you could say Indiana Jones is irrelevant in the first movie. He doesn't actually matter. Right. Everything plays out exactly the way it plays out, even if Indiana Jones is not involved. Right. Okay. And again, you could be flippant and it could piss people off, but that is true. <laughs> because the Germans would have still found the Ark. They yeah. would sort of still taken it to the place. They would have still opened it and they still would have all died. Right, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Indy didn't do anything to facilitate that. All he did was try and stop them, yeah. but at the end of the day, they end up killing themselves. Yeah. So does it matter in the story? No, it's just a fun movie, but it's just a it's yes. a fun fact. Yes, yes. That he's not actually important to the actual events happening. He doesn't make them happen. Yeah, it's interesting, Rich. Yeah. But again, you that's a good argument. This, she's trying to have that argument. She's trying to make that, like, be there, be like, did you know technically at all? And it's like, no, bitch, you didn't watch the movies. No, it's it's like it's, what you are saying makes absolutely no. It's factually wrong. I like it. Yeah, look, it, she she's got to focus on the Marvels, like because she frankly has got no idea <laughs> Mate, what she's doing. She can doing. focus as much as you like. It's not going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> um, now you've got to think here about the Wu Tang Clan, Rich. Um, a video oh, um, game. There's a video game featuring the music and performance of the Wu Tang Clan. Uh, supposed to be a third-person combat RPG. I don't know what the fuck that means. Like, I don't. I mean, do they mean third-person like Mass Effect or like GTA or um, Final Fantasy? What do they mean? No, the GTA, uh, GTA is not an RPG though, isn't it? No, RPGs. Uh, RPGs like the Final Fantasy, Mass oh, Effect, Dragon okay. Age, all right, Oblivion. But, but in, again, in GTA, Oblivion you can you... make it third-person, but it's mainly played in first-person. In GTA, you can. Do shit like it, like an RPG. You can go the bowling alley and stuff. You can't do that in RPG, man. Like, like that's not the point of an RPG. What to go to the bowling alley? No, an RPG <laughs> is you get a class and you role play a certain. So, okay, uh, let's okay. say I want to be a knight or a wizard. Yeah, yeah, you're like I want to be thief. a paladin. Let's and then it. what you do is you hang you. Anytime you level up, you get skill points. Oh, you put those skill yeah. points to okay. build the type of tank or. Uh, uh, rogue is or... Assassin's Creed an RPG? So I would say it's RPG light. Yeah. Okay. Now I get what you're saying. Yeah, because in like Nico Bellic in GTA 4, he just rolls around as Nico Bellic, basically. Yeah, like just there's no skills that sort of like increase, and you can't make him be a different type of criminal. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Like you can't make him a hustler or a bank. You know what I mean? Like it's the. It's not like you specialize in a class or something like that. Yeah, fair enough. You do, I think, get skills in GTA Five that that build up over time, like your running and stuff. Yeah, but again, that's I think that's just mostly like, um, yeah, it just makes you run faster or take a little less damage. But my point is, that's the same for everyone. Yeah. Okay. Generally, in RPG, someone can build their character to be a specific way, which could be different from someone else. Okay. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Good point. Um, now, Image Comics have informed comic book retailers they will no longer be publishing second, third, fourth printings of any title 
as a result of the printing and distribution issues uh, which have recently been in the news. So, you know, how there's been this stuff about how, like, there's not enough paper, blah, 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 they can't, DC and Marvel can't publish what they want. It's now affecting Image, who are saying they're not doing any more printings. Now, some people are speculating that's to drive up the cost of the, to make it scarcer to get the first printings. Hoping Probably. Speculators going All sounds like bullshit to me. Really? You don't think yeah. COVID's disrupted the supply chains? Not to that extent. Yeah. I, I mean, you. okay, I, I, I mean, okay. What difference does it matter if you do, if you if you stop publishing a, a, a second, third, or fourth printing? If if that's money, that's money. If you've got a demand for it, you do it. Yeah, but like, they're saying they can, they can't source the paper. I think is what they're saying. But they can do a whole bunch of first printings and stuff for other stuff. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. I, I that's just, what I'm saying. It doesn't sound in, to my ears. It just doesn't sound right. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're going to pump the prices on the first. I don't know what they're doing, really. I mean, it's 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 baffling. Uh, maybe it could have been the, the beginning of the end of the monthly comic book, though, and the transition. Oh, to, wow. yeah. I mean, that's been happening for a while now. Yeah, no, it has. I think it's it's another nail in the coffin. Um, Which is so, so you know what? I, I, this is what I find so funny is um, someone made a very good point, right? Mm. Technically, comic book writers, the idiots who say, you, the consumer, are not my customer. Right. The comic book shop is my customer. I go, yeah, technically you are correct. Mm. You don't care about actual comic sales. You only care about what comic book stores buy. Yeah, of course. And that's what you, and that's what you base your metric on, right? Mm. But comic book shops are shutting down. Yeah, and the book market is becoming a lot bigger. You know? Correct. So then my question is, are you going to care then about your consumers when all the you've comic got to, book shops are closed and now you've got to sell directly to them? You've got to, to care them? about the consumers because there's a direct linkage. And bookstores sell a hell of a lot of, of the graphic novel collections now, so you should care about your consumers. You, you... Yeah, but again, those graphic novels are, are, are collections of monthlies. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they're the trade paperbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, good luck just store. putting out a, a trade and just have people buy it. Well, I think that's where they're headed. I think that's where it's headed, Rich. I think that I think eventually, and I'm not saying overnight. I think eventually you'll see a no, lot. No, but of stuff even if you went to a digital uh, platform, yeah, and you stopped and you and you said, right, no more comic book shops. Now you're selling directly to the consumer. Yeah, yeah. You're going to care about how many digital copies you're selling. Hell yeah, big time. You know, time. and that's I'm almost. I feel bad for the comic book shops, mm. but I would. There's a part of me, a dark part of me, that was like. I wish all the comic book shops would close so that they could see their real number of sales mm. from the digital market and go, oh, my fucking God, no one's buying these books. Because, again, they're happy because comic book shops are buying, like, you know, 1,000 copies each or, you know, 300 copies or what. You know what I mean? Like, they're buying stuff because they've got to have uh, their shelves full. Yeah. They've got yeah. to have to read it first. So you're selling shit to the comic book shops that don't even sell. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And at some point, they'll chuck that in the bargain bin. So you don't fucking care. There's just a part of me that goes, mm. they only weren't the comic book shops and, and people are buying digital. Then they'd be like, oh my God, no one's buying. I don't know how the comic book stores make money, though. Like, you know, like. Well, they make money other ways. That, that, that's why they get the um, the, the alternate uh, covers yeah. or the, the special covers and they sell that for a pretty high price. Uh, you've got collectors who are coming and buy older stuff. That's why so many of them now really go in on the the action figures and yes. uh, figurines and stuff and all that. Because that's cards, where they make their money. But they do shit. not make money off comics. I promise you they don't make money off comics. Mm. Yeah, it'd be a tricky business to operate. 
Um, especially now, yes, for sure. Yeah. Now we had um, we had an amusing uh, Tom King was on Word Balloon, and he was promoting Human Target, and he was promoting this and promoting that. A few gems came out of the interview. Firstly, a very conceited individual, um, frankly. Uh, I'm con- shocked. Considering considering there has been some good Tom King product that I've read, there's been some very bad Tom King product, and a very uneven overall. Um, but you listen to the guy, he's very lost in his own hype. There was one hilarious moment, though, Rich, which I think was um, fantastic. He was self-describing Human Target Shortly after casting Shade on um, Peter Milligan's Human Target run, which was actually a very good run, he, he then says, he's talking about his artist, he goes, look, the writing's great, it's brilliant, whatever. Um, and then he proceeded to praise the artist. But, like, the writing's great, it's brilliant, whatever. Like, <laughs> I, I just, I heard it, and I'm like, it's great to have confidence, but just the way he said it made me gag. And then um, he was talking about he's he's got his first creator-owned thing coming out. Now this is a guy who's obviously surrounded by a lot of yes men. You know, like this is a guy who gets a lot of people telling him he's the greatest thing ever. I'm here to tell him he's not. I'm here to tell him that a lot of his books, more than fifty percent of them, are dull. Um, I second that. Yeah, he's got some good stuff, but he's got a lot of bad product out there. But then he's talking about his first creator-owned thing, and he says basically it's going to be my Sandman. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna change the game. It's never been done before. His concept, okay, fine. The format, also rich, has never been done before. Now, I want to remember that when this Tom King creator owned comes out, because, as you and I were saying, it's never been done before. That's tough. Like so, what? Well, for, as, as yeah. I said, I think we were having lunch. I said, unless it's a, unless it comes in a disc <laughs> that you hold in your hand and it's a hologram <laughs> that projects up. <laughs> it's going to be very hard to put out a comic book format that's never been done before. What I'm really hoping is when it comes out, it's just a fucking comic book that goes to comic stores. <laughs> it's been done before <laughs> every fucking day, you know, like... Which has been done before. Uh, but, that, yeah. but you made a very good point at lunch. You were like, you know, if, if he does it in, in um, newspaper strip format, that's been done before. Yep. If he does it in illustrated novel, that's been done before. Yep. If he does it as graphic novel, that's been done before. If yeah. he does it weekly, that's been done before. If he does it fortnightly, that's like you went through so many permeations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you were like, and it's all been done before. So you are like, yeah, you have to wonder yourself, like, what the fuck is, could he possibly do that he think hasn't been done before? I, I think he's full of shit, man, basically. Like, listen well, to What did we say? We should start this pot. We should start this podcast by saying, like, uh, welcome to the uh, Signal podcast. This format's never been done before. It's never been done before. It's never been done for. Hey, Rich, it's brilliant. You know, it's great. Whatever. You know, like... whatever, man. You know, whatever. Just it's brilliant. We just we're brilliant. We're great. You know, we're smart. We're insightful. Whatever. You know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, like goodness. This I, man I, is so high on his own supply. He's so high. Right. God. It's ridiculous. Like, like it, it's almost like calm the fuck down, Tom King. Like someone needs to put this guy back in his box because like he's really lording it out there. Like he seems to forget. He was fired off Batman because the fans got pissed off with his shit stories, you know? Like, and that's why he's doing fucking Supergirl limited series, you know? And and he's on Human Target, and he was casting shade at Peter Milligan, you know? Uh, you know? Yeah, no, and I mean, and don't forget, I mean, he also got a big head because at the start of his Mr. Miracle run, mm. people were raving about it, but then when you got to the end of it, you, re- you realized it was literally a fucking waste of time reading the book. 
you know what I mean? Like it, it didn't go anywhere. I know some people have... who enjoy it. I, I own it. I haven't finished it. I know Adam the computer. No, I likes think it, it started off well. I was certainly intrigued by it. You know, yeah. with him like cutting his wrists and he seems to be having these like thoughts or what's real and what's real. But by the time I got to the end of the book, I was like, this book really didn't matter. Yeah. Like it had no satisfactory ending conclusion. Is it just, like, is it just miracle staring into the abyss? Cause that's how the beginning felt. Uh, no, not kind of. It's kind of like him and yeah, Bard are walking through like a portal and like that's it. But it's right. never you, – you don't get any satisfactory conclusion as to what's real, what's not real, what's happening. Right. You know, and but my people go, oh, that's the point. I go, uh, okay, but then it's boring because <laughs> now, no, now you made me pay for yeah. like say 12 issues Yeah. and I didn't get a payoff. Yeah, like, no payoff. I, I didn't feel like I got a satisfactory story or conclusion. Definitely to a not. story. And it's the same with his fucking... Uh, he's just got this knack for, I think, ruining characters. In my eyes, he ruined Batman. Right? He's In my eyes, he's ruined Mr. Miracle. In my eyes, he's ruined Wally West. Oh, yeah. Fuck. He's uh, definitely in my eyes, he's now ruined Adam Strange. And he will, I predict, he will ruin uh, the, the human target character. Well, I think he's going to drive human target sales down to the lowest they've ever been by the end of his, by the end of his 12-issue run. You know, it'll start out strong, and I, by by issue twelve, I think you'll have people. It'll be circling like ten thousand. I, I think you'll make the previous human target stuff look like fucking Shakespeare. Yeah, uh, look, just the fact that he cast shade of Peter Milligan was pissing me off. You know? Oh, but he loves doing that. Yeah, he's he a, loves making it like he's better than everyone. Yeah, I once heard him bragging about Eisner's, and I thought to myself, you know, you've got more than you deserve. And just that you're doing that says a lot to me about you. The fact that you're bragging in this manner, this childish manner, is is telling me a lot about but you. Those those awards now are absolutely meaningless. Yeah, they've lost all value because um, Max Visagio has won awards. Right, I know you're not a fan. I I'm sorry, her writing is terrible. Yeah, yeah. And if someone like that can win, like say an Eisner or whatever. Then to me, your award now is actually yeah, it's, it, it is no value. Your award, if you can give an award to um, now, it'd be different if she wrote stuff that I'm not interested in, but her actual writing yeah is bad. It's amateurish. Yeah, it's not good, and yet she gets an award, and I'm just like, I'm sorry, your awards mean nothing. So Tom King, I got an award, bro. Max Versace got an award. That means nothing. Yeah, no, I hear, man. I hear you big time. Okay, Rich. Yeah, I mean, Rich, as always, it's never been done before. We're going to do something. It's never been done before. <laughs> uh, Friday Night at the Movies, Rich, is our new segment, which we're going to have occasionally, and mm-hmm. we're just going to select something, and doesn't it doesn't have to be an Academy Award winner, just something of interest for Rich and myself. Uh, and this one was The Lone Ranger, the 1956 Lone Ranger movie with Clayton Moore, and I believe Jay Silverheels as Tonto. Um, and um yeah so basically for those who aren't aware the lone ranger um is a character that was very popular in the mid 21st century well 20th century um it was a tv show i think it was a radio serial before that but it was a long-running tv show a few seasons with clayton moore and jay silver hills and then they did a couple of movies this one and lone ranger and city of gold um, I had fun with this. I, like, it's a slight movie. I don't have a ton to say about it. Um, it's obviously done on a TV budget, um, but it was fun. 
and it was it was entertaining. Uh, it was classic Lone Ranger. What did you think of this one, Rich? Mate, this was this was atrocious. This movie was just filled with racism and sexism, <laughs> and you know the typical white man savior. It was oh, just burn this movie. But right. no, no, I I really enjoyed it. Like it was just fun. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like that. This is kind of what I miss about. Um, movies in general is that it doesn't have to be some fucking great like script it can just be and and, and in fact they actually took elements from this movie mm. in that um lone ranger movie that disney did oh god that really awful one um ah look it, it's not the best lone ranger movie it's not a super terrible movie but um yeah it's not it's, it's certainly not great yeah um, but uh, there was definitely elements from this movie that they've probably borrowed yeah, uh, in that movie. Uh, and even there was even elements, I think even Chuck maybe borrowed for that one that we did. Yes. Uh, and, you know, so, uh, no, it was just, again, it was a, a good, simple uh, movie, good action. It was a uh, Saturday afternoon. Good story, kind of... like, you know what I mean? A, a, a yeah. very cool story about these, these cowboys who were trying to um, get the Indians riled up. Yep. So that they could basically kill them and and uh, get access to the mountain where there's silver and all that sort of shit. So, yep. uh, you know, and again, this is 1956. Yes. You know, and they're not certainly painting the uh, the, the cowboys in their positive light. Like oh, they true. are scumbags. It's yeah. You know, um, uh, but they're not also over romanticizing the Indians either. No, you know, no. um, it's very grounded in that way. And I yeah I really really enjoyed the the movie it really made me pine for my childhood because this is the me, sort of stuff i watched it yeah i agree with you it reminded me being a young kid and putting on the tv on a weekend and there was always uh repeats of movies like this or bonanza was on um that kind of stuff was always on the tv back then outside of prime time you might catch it at noon the noon movie you know um, but they were yeah. always around, and to be honest, I miss them those days, and this felt like a return to not just a simpler time, but just a time when they weren't trying to overburden you with, like, hammer you over the head with stuff. Like, it was more about telling an entertaining storyline. Um, and I, yeah. can I just say, I fucking loved him acting the Lone Ranger. Um, as the old man. His disguise was the, the old prospector. He was good. That was good. <laughs> was so good. He was so good as that prospector. And, yeah. and, and there was parts when, when it first came out, I was like, is that him? Because yeah, he was just doing such a great job yeah. of playing this old prospector. Like, even the walk. And he, you know, he almost lowers his height. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know what? This kind of, um, watching this... This kind of reminds me why I think um, while I like Batman, I, I'm not a massive Batman fan. It's just because there's so many characters like Batman. Sure. You know what I mean? Like you've got the shadow, you've got the spider, you know, you've got uh, even, you know, Zorro and you've got, yeah. you know, the Lone Ranger. There's just so many characters that that Batman borrows from sure. or that have even come before Batman. But it also just reminds me how there's such a, a variety of your of these type of characters, you know, whether it be Zorro or... Because I love Zorro as well. And I fucking love those Antonio Banderas... Oh, me too. Um, yeah. Zorro movies and all that. So, you know, yeah, this was just great fun. And, and um, yeah, as I said, this really took me back to my, my, my childhood because these were the sort of, like... Um, uh, our, our school used to... Um, every second Friday, 
um, after school, they would have like a movie thing in the hall. Right. And they would have these type of movies um, on, you know what I mean? These just these old classic. Yeah. Um, uh, Zorro or, or, or Lone Ranger or like cowboy stuff and all that. In fact, I even remember watching, um, we even watched, uh, and this is because it's the only time I've ever seen this movie where uh, an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he plays a cowboy. What movie is that? I don't, I don't even know that movie. Uh, I think it was, I think it had Arnold Schwarzenegger, Kirk Douglas. Wow. Maybe was it Dolly Parton? I'm going to hang on. I'm going to quickly look it up. I'm not familiar with this film at all. Yeah, I, I watched it as a kid, and it was so hilarious in Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, as a cowboy. Yeah, you know, because he was even dressed in like um, like the powder blue um, thing. Uh, it was called the villain. Right. Was this before Conan, and or during that time period? Oh, uh, 1979. Right. Okay. So right around that time period. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, great, funny movie. So yeah, this is just watching that just took me back to my childhood and sitting in the hall. You know, on I a Friday it. after school with other kids watching these these classic, you know, um, yeah. older movies. I love it. Well, yeah, no, it's an enjoyable film. And look, Lone Ranger, there's a sequel, Lone Ranger in the City of Gold. We'll catch that at some point soon. Um, but yeah, Rich and I are going to basically do, and, and usually it'll be a deeper discussion. This one was a lightweight movie, a good westerner. Um, it, very enjoyable. Uh, I, I mean, I, 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 I'm giving it 7.5 out of 10. What are you giving it, Rich? Oh, 8 out of 10 for me. 8 out of 10 for you. Um, now we have shopping. Also, you know, sorry, it also reminded me of those. You remember the uh, the Bud Spencer and um, uh, fuck, who was the guy that he acted with? I'm not familiar with it. Um, is it Western? Do you know who? Do you, do you, do you know? Do you know who Bud Spencer is? Is an Italian actor. He no was idea. in like a lot of like uh, spaghetti oh, uh, right. westerns as well as oh, Terence Hill. It was Bud Spencer and Terence Hill. Right. Okay, I'm no, not They did some it. really great, um, uh, uh, funny Western movies. Uh, okay. Trinity and, like, uh, all that sort of stuff. Like, it's, um, But they also did some modern stuff, like Crime Busters, where they played, like, policemen and stuff and all that. Really great, funny movies. Okay, cool. No, I'm not familiar with that at all. Now, we do have Shopping with the Gang. Things are a little light, can I say, in DC and Marvel putting out... After... Maybe it's just the scheduling, but they put out so much good reprints this year that now they seem to be basically stopping it and maybe that's the paper shortage rich there's just not much decent reprint material coming out from these guys at the moment but i just don't think they can afford it that's my that's my theory that's my conspiracy theory they can't afford it you mean even what you talking about like the reprints yeah just the the cost of the paper and the ink and (laughs) the bindings i just think they're like well money's tight we can't we can't afford to publish um Okay, now, showing with the game this week, there's the American Vampire 1976 hardcover. I will be getting that because I've got all the American Vampire hardcovers, um, which is the one thing that I think Scott Snyder uh, maintains quality on, actually. Um, then coming out next week, there's Batman, Superman, The Authority Special, number one. That's a one-shot. We'll definitely do that on the show, Rich. Um, and then there was, uh, coming out from AWA Comics, the same people who put out The Resistance and, and various other stuff that I've enjoyed, they're doing one called Knighted, and Mark Texacara, uh, Tex, is on art duties, and I thought it'd be interesting to, to watch, you know, read that for next week. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the stuff coming out. Now, there's not a lot of reprints or anything. Like, it really is very quiet. Tons of uh, monthly material coming out from all sorts of publishers, but but less reprint material. 
Um, now, weekly comics, Rich. Um, I'm very interested to see what you think of the weekly comics this week. So, the first one up was DC versus Vampires 1. Um, I thought this was okay. I saw the twist coming with Hal Jordan. I did find the colour choice with all the red a bit boring, but I did like they brought in iVampire, and um, I thought it was an interesting interesting first issue, 6 out of 10. What, where were you on this one, Rich? Um, it, it made me kind of, like, um, sigh, because what I've noticed is they only ever seem to use Hal Jordan in the stuff As a to bad either guy. have him die yeah. or in this be, like, the bad guy. Like, uh, like he's being turned by the vampires. Because whenever it's some other big event, it's always Jon Stewart. Yeah. But when it's some event where, you know, they can, where, uh, what was it, the one with the zombies? Deceased. Yes. They kill him off and then Black Canary gets his ring. Right. Do you know what I mean? And in this one, straight out of the gate, he's, he's been turned and he's a vampire. And I thought to myself, yeah, you're always happy to use Hal Jordan. <laughs> You know, when it's you just need someone to fucking die or be the bad guy, like, or you know, to be sure like that. And I just think it's when I say funny, I don't mean like actually like what do you oh. think of the storyline apart from that? Oh, it's pretty mundane, yeah. I thought so too. I, th- I thought it'd be a lot better, frankly. I, I really did think that this would be better than it was. Like, also, here's my question, and maybe you can answer this like. I, I know it all varies with vampires. Like, in some vampire legends, if, if someone bites, if a vampire bites you, you turn into a vampire. That's, you know, in some of the things. Yeah, it, yeah, depending on a law, sometimes they, you, sometimes they have to bite you, but then you also have to drink their blood or something. Yes, exactly, yes. So it just depends on what law or canon you're following or whatever. But in this one, also, though, why does it change Hal Jordan's personality so radically? That's what I don't uh, Again, it's just, yeah, that's yeah, that's a weird thing. Like, you would think, well, again, I suppose it depends on your law. Because, I mean, I suppose technically when you become a vampire, you have no soul. Right. Okay. And maybe a soul meaning, like, you know, um, conscience and moral yes. and, yes. you know, uh, ethics and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, but usually sometimes a, a vampire starts off normal, but then over time, right. they become hollow or you know, jaded or, or whatever because their humanity's you know, they've lost touch with humanity. So, again, it just depends. I guess they just needed it to be quick. So they've probably gone with the, oh, once you get turned, you are you are technically dead and you're just this undead shell, you know. It's almost like another of. person's inhabiting your body because if it was just Hal Jordan and, like, just pitching this storyline differently, normal Hal Jordan, normal heroic Hal Jordan, and he was bitten by a vampire and woke up with a massive thirst for blood. In, in general, his depiction wouldn't just be to instantly lean into the evil, would it? No. Yeah, that's that's what no. that's what the point I'm trying to make here. Whereas, but you know what I found so odd about this? Apparently, the big plan is to wipe out human life. Yes. And I thought to myself, well, that's a weird thing for vampires to want to do. Yeah, because we're like the cattle for them. Exactly. So yeah. I would I could understand if the big thing was to create like some sort of fucking human farm. You know, where you take over the world and you, you, but to like wipe out the entire human population, I kind of go, that's a weird thing for vampires to want to do. Yeah, that's a good point, Rich, and and I don't hundred percent understand it either. Actually, if I can be if I can be brutally honest, um, it's not- yeah. Well, it's just a marketing thing. Like it's just to, you know, just to have some event where it's like deceased or. So it's know, in Elseworlds, is it? It's in Elseworlds. Yeah, it has, yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. Because when they killed all the Legion of Doom, some of the Legion come back as vampires, don't they? But some stay dead. Am I right in saying that? 
I believe so, yeah. So it, well, we've we got, we got to wait and see who's all turned. Also, I was confused by the Wonder Twin. He didn't know that... Um, he, he, he wasn't aware. Well, it seemed like Hal Jordan is a sleeper agent. So it looks right. like he's been turned, but he's just, you know, he's just been carrying on. Right. As like a, not a sleeper agent like he doesn't know, but like a, a mole. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. You know. Okay. Well, that's a bit more interesting. Like, yeah, I, I didn't mind it, um, but I, I can't give it more than six out of ten. What are you going to give it, Rich? I'll go five out of ten, I guess. As I said, it's pretty... Pretty run-of-the-mill, mediocre, nothing, like, super special. I mean, they basically kill off fucking Eye Vampire in yeah. the first issue, so... Yeah. Then we had Task Force Z. Um, now, this had a great cover with Ambush Bug. Um, oh, sorry, am I getting this confused? Um, yeah, Task... Sorry, Task Force Z, I am getting confused, was the one where you had Jason Todd, and he was controlling, like, a bunch of sort of zombified villains, including Bane... Uh, who else was there, Rich? Uh, Man Bat, and there was uh, Arkham Knight. Arkham and, Knight. Um, yeah. uh, that Mister Bloom. Yes, I'm was there, but apparently he's not dead. No, uh, I actually really enjoyed this one. I thought this was actually um, quite entertaining, actually. And um, I, yeah, look, I'm not saying it was the greatest comic I've ever read, but in terms of DC, who I I, I find like you know. Are going through a lull. I thought this was ent- interesting, is how I would describe it. Like, I was invested. Whereas in DC versus Vampires, I was a little bit more like, okay, this is a gimmick. In this one, I was a little bit more... I was enjoying it, you know? And good artwork as well. Yeah, the artwork is pretty good, but I mean... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> um, it didn't really do anything for me. It's... it's a One, I, again, it's this weird thing where I just found... They were trying to be too funny. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the director guy that's talking to him, he's like always trying to crack a joke or be flippant or be... And I thought to myself, you would think that a serious organization that is using the, the Lazarus... Um, uh, is using Lazarus uh, chemicals or whatever mm. to not fully revive, like obviously like Rachel Ghoul does, but like... No, but sort of half revived. Somewhat, you know, in, in a zombie fight. You'd think they would take the whole thing a little bit more seriously. I, I do find it kind of cool, though. The they almost feel like it's a joke. Zombie. I sort of want a Bane zombie, zombified action figure, which is probably DC's plan, you know? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure. It's, well, I've got the zombified Hulk, Rich. It'd be nice to have Bane up against him, you know? Yeah, I guess, I guess. As I said, I just, I don't know. I didn't feel any... I didn't feel any real gravitas with this if, when you when you're dealing with something that um, like unethical. Sure. Okay. Um, I'm going to give it seven out of ten though. I, I actually quite enjoyed it. Like honestly, I, I actually thought it was pretty decent read, and I wouldn't mind continuing to read it for the show if you want to read it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when we need content for the show, sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, like, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go out of my way to read it. But sure. What are you, you giving it out of ten? What are you giving it out of ten? Six out of ten, I guess. Okay. Um, and, yeah, six out of Then we had Suicide Squad 7. This was an ambush bug story. Now, yeah, I'm... Kind of, yeah. Well, yeah, he was heavily... I mean, he's in it. Yes. <laughs> well, for me, he made the comic. I, I was so entertained by his antics throughout this comic. And I know Adam the Computer is a very knowledgeable on ambush bug. And I believe I've got digitally every single one of his issues, but I've read very, <laughs> very little... 
I thought he was. I'll, I'll say this: I enjoy Ambush Bug more than Deadpool. Yeah, well, there's definitely a similarity, you know. Um, uh, but I'm pretty sure Ambush Bug predates the Deadpool. I, he does. He does. Yeah, he he definitely does. Um, and yeah. if I remember correctly, Ambush Bug is not actually a bug. He's actually a guy in a bug suit. Right. Yes. I was wondering that as well. I, I wasn't aware of that. I always thought he was a bug. But in this, it seemed more like he was a guy in a suit. I, I really enjoyed just Ambush Bug in this comic. And I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 purely because of Ambush Bug. Because I certainly Well, did. you have to because you didn't yeah. give a shit about any of the other characters. No, I couldn't care less. I, I like... The other characters just sucked, you know, like, big time. Um, Although I will tip my hat to actually using a, a forgotten uh, uh, Superboy, uh, yeah. uh, he's Bizarro. Right, okay. So when, when the task force, uh, uh, the Suicide Squad launched, mm. and they had Super, you know, the Connor Kent Superboy, yeah. you know, with the black shirt and the jeans, yeah. people were like, oh, that's fucking weird. Why Superboy? But it's not actually Superboy. No. It's actually his clone called mm. Match, who was way back in the day from the, um, you know, out of the um, uh, death and... Uh, death Return of Superman. Return of Superman, uh, you know, once Superboy sort of became his own property and he had his own book mm. um so it was really nice to see someone sort of dig into the vault yeah to, to find that and the fact that amanda waller was kind of like making him believe he was superboy yeah that was cool so there's some interesting stuff but other than that i don't care anything about uh blood sport and i i honestly couldn't care anything about these other almost no-name characters that like yeah. because they're not really developing them in, in any interesting way that i oh, can no. see no 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 i I'm giving it 7 out of 10, 100% for Ambush Bug, who I thought was very funny in this issue. And even instead of saying stuff like to drive up sales of the book, are oh, you getting yeah. ready for the page turn? Like, it was clever stuff. Um, it did feel like the rest of it was, it was just a very weak, weak, weak Suicide Squad. Like, Suicide Squad at their lowest of lows, it's felt like, you know? As I've said, Suicide Squad has never been able to recapture the uh, Ostrander... No. Um, uh, level no. of quality. Yep, that's for sure. Then we had Hellcop. And then I'll tell you this: I'd love to see Ambush Bug appear in more in more uh, books. Oh, so would I. Hell just yeah. a one, just a one-off, or or, or or something, just to have a bit of fun, like in between, like story arcs or something like that. Hundred percent, Rich. And I mean, like, frankly, I Ambush Bug kept me going through this episode. Have you read much Ambush Bug, like, other than this? Oh yeah, throughout the years, yes. Yeah. And 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 he's popped up every now and again. And he used to have his own book as well, which was pretty funny. There was a funny thing that Adam showed me where it was ambush bug auditioning for the Legion of Superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that actually, I do. And there was a really it was really funny because it had like Sarcasm Girl was like the name of the 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 um you know, you know where Saturn Girl, you know, you know the original thing where they're all sitting around Voting on Superboy, you know that original. Yeah, and I think he's um, he's done the wires. Yes, and he's holding it behind his back, and they all hitting no, but it's all popping up yes. <laughs> it's, it's as I said, stuff. remember the the Batman stuff we watched the other day. Henry Winkler voiced him in the Batman Brave and the Bold. Oh, fantastic! So he's in Brave and the Bold, is he? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh sweet! I'll have to. I'll I'll track those episodes down. Then I might even do it after the show because. I'd, I'd really be interested in seeing Gambush. So he gets a proper episode, not just the beginning? 
So he's in the final episode. He's oh. actually there trying to save the Batman show when Batmite is trying to cancel it. Oh, right, I see. Okay, yeah, okay. I've not, I've, so he's, okay, got you. So he's in that one. Right, all right. Um, so what did you give this out of 10, Rich? Uh, look, it is hard to score it, but I'll, I'll go with you and say, yes, I'll give it a 7 out of 10 purely for... Ambushbug. For, for Ambushbug, because if he, yeah, if he wasn't in that... Uh, oh. Yeah, it it it, it would be uh, four out of ten. Yeah, it might even be lower than four for me with that ambush bug. Honestly, like it was it, it was a case where he came in and lifted the material. And what, what's so sad to me that the same writer who stuck with these shit characters did a really good job with ambush bug. So once again, we, we've got a situation where like the on page action outside of his stuff is just so poor. You know what I mean, Rich? It's just so poor. Yeah, but that's because yeah, that's because Ambush Bug is an actual interesting character. Yeah, and you can actually have fun with him because he uh, he is he does break the fourth wall, and you know you you can have a bit of fun with it. Um, but it's hard to write characters that are literally like fucking bland as as bland can be. Totally agree. Um, now, Hellcop was it Hellcop, Rich? The image book? Did you get a chance to read it? Uh, I did, and I would encourage every single person not to buy this book. I didn't get a chance to read it. Do you want to give us your review it's on it? absolutely disgusting. I wouldn't even call it a comic book. Are you kidding? Um, kidding or? The, no, the art is not even art. It's someone oh. who uses 3D models. Oh, really? Yeah. The whole book is all what? like either... So the, the, the artist who does this <laughs> apparently uses Photoshop, right? And what they do uh. is they get 3D models of backgrounds, walls, cars, people, and they literally just trace over that. Uh. This this is, I'm sorry, I, 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 maybe I'm just a purist. That's not a comic book to me. That's not an artist. Right. If you if you cannot, if you, because, the, and the, the reason I started noticing it, because I was like, one, I could notice by the backgrounds, right? Mm. And then I know that some artists, they cheat, and they trace backgrounds because they're not good at drawing backgrounds. But then when I started looking at the characters, I noticed that the characters were 3D models as well. I could tell by the fingers and the hands right. and the, 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 the perspective and the foreshadowing and all that sort of stuff because it's too perfect. Right. And the more I was looking at it, I was like, I cannot recommend I, – I hope no one buys this book because that is taking work away from actual artists in my point, people right. that actually train and spend their life learning to draw like people, backgrounds. And, yes, the joy of, of, of art is that it's not always perfect. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And sometimes you get happy accidents, or sometimes you know what they call you know happy mistakes. Let me have a look at this because uh, I'm I, I get I hear what you're saying, and I just want to I've got it on I've got it on my computer, and I just want to actually look to see what this fucking thing looks like. Okay, but <clears throat> interesting, interesting, Rich. Um, I mean, it's a generic story of like people hunting demons in the real world. You know, cops that you know, you know blah blah blah. That's all shit that's been done before. Mm. But I, this, the, every time I looked at those pages, the panels, I was really getting, I, I was actually getting angry that right. that this guy got paid yeah. to basically cheat. I see it as cheating. I'm sorry. Right. So I'm, I'm looking at it. So what are you saying he's doing? He, the, he's taking a photo and then, and then tracing over it. Is that what he's doing? Uh, and essentially, that's the, that's the basic way I can explain it to you. Um, uh, it, he's basically taking 3D computer models. 
Right. Like stuff you would find in games and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like look look, look at the characters, Dave, and tell me that those characters do not look like the um, like with their mouths and their eyes and all that. Tell me it doesn't look like the um, the animation from What If. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah, you're right. You're not wrong. I'm looking at it. I wouldn't have noticed it, but I'm not looking at it with an artist eye. Um, but you're right. I mean, as I'm looking at it, I'm the, the backgrounds are weird. Almost... Yeah, because the, the backgrounds are, are definitely uh, assets. They're called assets. Right. Right. And a lot of amateur uh, and, and especially young artists now uh-huh. uh, who do web comics and all that, they use these um, these 3D programs where they can put a desk, you know what I mean? They can create a scene. They'll say, I'll put a locker here and a desk here, and they drop these assets, what they're called. Right, okay. And then what they do is they just draw basically over that. They trace. Ah, I see. Those assets, and then they'll color it in or whatever and go, look, I made art. And it's like, no, I'm sorry. Like, this is literally tracing. Like, Right. Gotcha. Well, I mean, so out of 10, Rich, sounds like it's going to be a low one. It's a minus 10. Okay, minus 10. I like it. The first minus... <laughs> In uh, in history on the signal of Zoom, and I, and I'm glad to hear it because it's it's good to hear from your perspective. I mean, the storyline looked very generic, so it is super generic. As I said, it's your simple like, oh, there's demons. We've, you know, we've accessed the parallel universe, and our demons are roaming around, and you know, you've got these cops that that look for, you know, illegal demons. Basically, it's it's pretty generic. Should okay. like all right. Um, now we come to the trade of the week, Rich. You want to open it up? This is the Outsiders by Judd Winnick. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like as I said, like um, we, we've been doing obviously a lot of um, you know outsiders and, and classic stuff, and I thought, you know what? Why don't we just have a read of uh, when I felt like comics were really good? Sure. Yeah. You know, which would I think this would have been about? I want to say two thousand and eight or something. Yeah, I, but, I don't know when it is ex- exactly. Uh, three, two thousand three. Oh, two thousand three. So even earlier. Like I feel like this was this was when I was having the most fun reading comics. Mm. Like when I was like an, a, an adult, you know, collecting sure, comics, sure. reading comics, like I was loving and I really enjoyed this Outsiders. Mm. Um, uh, you know, it's good. You know, it was nice to see like Nightwing and it was an interesting premise. So what it is, is this is right after uh, I think it was a uh, one of Superman's robots replacements was like right. hacked or something uh-huh. by a Brainiac, uh, the, this indigo robot girl. Mm-hmm. That's actually was working for Brainiac. Uh, she sort of like um, hacked him, and you know they just as kind of strong as Superman, you know, or not as strong, but like pretty up there. Yeah, yeah, and the Superman think, robots. Yeah. Um, uh, basically, Donna and um, someone oh, else died. Uh, it was Donna, and they mentioned it. I can find it in the comic for you here. It's, yeah, it's the red-headed woman, Lilith. Um, you know, they get killed and all that, and, and basically Nightwing disbands the Titans. Yes. Uh, and he's, and, you know, he's thinking is, I'm, I'm tired of seeing my, my family Don't. and friends. And basically Roy says to him, well, I'm putting together a team, and, you know, Dick's like, I'm not interested. He goes, well, they're not family. You know, it, these are people you don't have to care about, essentially. Mm. You know, and we can do some good. And eventually, like he comes around, and the uh, they've actually got the Indigo, who's now been wiped, mm-hmm. and it's like a toning, and it's got Metamorpho, and it's got uh, J- uh, Jade uh, appears, a couple of issues in, and she becomes part of the team. And then they've got Thunder, which is one of Black Lightning's daughters. I so like, you've got the Black Lightning theme in there as well with the Outsiders. I like Grace. Yeah, Grace is the uh, Asian bouncer uh, for a, a meta human. Is she an Amazon? Oh, shit. You know what? I think she's got some ties. 
Right, yeah. To it, yes. They said she's Amazon-like or something, so... Yeah, I think, you know, but, you know, there's a couple of different, you know, how, like, um, uh, um, Artemis is not from... Uh, she's from a different Amazon group. Right, Amazonian okay. group and all this. So there's supposed to be different different Amazonian groups. Gotcha. Um, and not all of them went to Themyscira and all this sort of stuff. So it's a good team. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a good modern team and all that sort of stuff. And obviously, over time, they become closer and, you know, they become friends and whatnot and all this sort of crap because, yeah. you know, that's that's bound to happen. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, that's it. And their first thing is they are they, they fight in an invasion by Gorilla Grodd. Yes. Uh, which turns out to be a distraction so that the Joker can capture President Luther. Which is cool. Um, you know, uh, and to torture him, and then that's, and then there's a cool brother blood storyline in there as well. Uh, it's just really well written. It's well written, good art, very interesting characters. Oh, uh, uh, Captain Marvel Junior. Uh, there's a Sabak with Captain Marvel Junior storyline in there as well mm-hmm. for a couple of issues. And then I wanted you to read mm. uh, the additional issue Seven. because obviously the the cliffhanger in the first volume was. Two metamorphos. Yeah, and I knew that would intrigue you, so I was like, "Read the next one," because it's it a, it, that it, it ends after that issue, like it's it one. Did. Off. It did. No, it, it was a really, as a metamorpho fan, as you know, I am. I was mm. really intrigued by that, and I loved it as well. How it was sort of like it was a bit of him that that formed without with sort of brain loss, memory loss, but really it was just a fragment of the real metamorpho. Who then turns up and uh, yeah, very interesting. I thought like really a um, a really good metamorpho story, and it felt to me like Judd Winnick kind of had a metamorpho story in him that he just wove into the comic. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I. But it was again, it's an interesting way of getting you metamorpho without giving you metamorpho. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? It was the same like having thunder in there is a good way of having the Black Lightning connection without having. She's Black probably Lightning. she's probably the weakest character for me, and I would say the art on her is pretty appalling. Um, I didn't, okay. I mean, didn't, I didn't quite grasp what they were going for there. Um, so basically, uh, the story of her is that her obviously Black Lightning doesn't want her to be a superhero. No, and she wants to be a superhero. Mm. And there's a really cool scene where. Um, it's it's the Sabak storyline where the demons are, and you know he's there to get his daughter back, like to get her out of it, and they need his. Uh, something goes up, and like uh, I think she, she's been captured, or or they need in trouble, and he's like, "You can come with us and help." And then Black Lightning sort of like gets his old costume, and then she gets to see him in action. And what I thought was just so great is the look of like admiration on her face, seeing her father. Oh, hold on, like, is she Black Lightning's daughter? Yes. I was thinking she was Steele's daughter. No, right. no, no, she's Black Lightning's daughter. Right, that makes more sense because they said you're, you, you, when one of them was saying, I think Grace was saying that afro really rocked, I was like, when did Steele have an afro? <laughs> but right, yes. it's Black Lightning. Okay, and that makes more, Jefferson Pierce, yeah? Yes. Oh, and what right. I loved was that like after the, the battle, he was like, see, this is why I don't want you. And she literally just looks at him and goes, you were goddamn amazing. Yeah. Okay. You were like, you were all inspiring. You were brilliant. I'm going to be just like you. So he kind of like, you know what I mean? With by not meaning to, he basically yeah helped, uh, uh, helped solidify the fact that she wants to be here because she saw her dad in action live. 
like just kicking the shit out of these demons. So I was like, that's pretty funny. It was, look, I'll be honest. I really enjoyed it. At times I found the patter a little bit Whedon-esque, too much so, but that was... That was comics. But that's well. That also that's kind of what they were going for because these are basically like uh, characters that are like twenty to thirty. Yeah. True, true. In that age group. So and and to be honest, they're not. Re- Some of them are very new, so they're not taking it very seriously. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, true. A lot of them are just like new to the game, and so you know they're not they're not taking it quite as seriously as they see it as a lot of fun. Yeah, and I liked Grace a lot. I liked Grace a lot. I I liked the team dynamic. I mean, I liked it all. I liked the Lex Luthor and Joker scenes. Um, I liked the artwork. I mean, by the way, there's a fantastic twist later on in the book that I won't spoil for anyone if they want to go and read it. But it's a really cool twist. Well, I'd be happy at some point, Rich, if you want to do Volume Two um, and and keep the party rolling on this because I I I dug it. I I mean, I'm giving I'm giving it uh, eight out of ten. I think it is. Very interesting, um, and and I'm always up for these outsiders, and I love that scene when you've got Bruce Wayne and Nightwing, and and Batman sort of you know asking some questions like, "Well, what are you doing?" and stuff, and then he says, "What are you going to call them?" and um, and Nightwing says, "What else? Outsiders." And Bruce yes. and Bruce smiles. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like it's like a close up of his chin, like his bottom half of his yeah. face, and he's just got that smile. Yeah, because obviously Batman... Like a proud papa. Yeah, yeah, well, Batman created the Outsiders. Um, No, it's cool. And, and like, it really... It was very enjoyable. Like I said, I really like that Lex Luthor-Joker stuff where Joker's, like, torturing Luthor. Um, Don't don't you feel that... What a... It's kind of sad reading this as well because it's so enjoyable and so good. And, again, it's not like, oh, my God, it's the best thing ever. But it's just so competent... Yeah, it's so good that you kind of go, "Wow, I wish I could be reading comics like this right now." Yeah, for sure. Like with the present stuff, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes. Um, but I think that that's the the DC were in a golden patch in that period, in terms of maybe not in sales, but definitely in terms of quality of their books. They had a lot more good books on the shelf than bad. Of course, they had bad, but, but also they had, yeah. but they also had writers that cared about the characters. Yeah, and wanted to tell good stories, and 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 actually like. Uh, you, you know, they cared about legacy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And all that sort of stuff. Like, you know, that's what I always used to enjoy about DC. That's why I always loved DC because DC was always about legacy. Mm. You know, it was always about someone else carrying on the name. So was this before or after Chuck did Batman and the Outsiders? This might have been before that, yeah? Because Chuck did that Batman and the Outsiders run that I really like. It was like he did like a 12-issue run. I oh, think, that, I think that I'm pretty sure that was after. Yeah, it wasn't too long after though. Um, it was with a completely different cast. No, this is uh, interesting. I I always like a team book, and I definitely don't need my teams to always be all the A-listers. I'm actually quite happy. Like I've never read a comic with Grace in it, but I really gravitated towards that character. I thought she was a lot of fun. Um, and this was also sorry. This was also a time when. Um, uh, uh, people actually started liking uh, Roy Harper as a character. Yeah. Well, Arsenal's good in this. Is this where he loses his arm? No, God, no. no. That's that's way, 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 way later down oh, the track. Oh, okay, right. I, I thought maybe he lost his arm because he's literally shot and left incapacitated uh, in this first trade. And he's he's, yeah. he's in hospital, really struggling. You know. Oh, uh, that, that Batman and the Outsiders was two thousand seven. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I, I recall that because, as you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of that of that run. 
Yeah, no, 8 out of 10 for me, Rich, and I think you picked a very strong comic. I think you went against the grain a little bit. You, you took a chance. Judd Winnick, um, more than often, I've enjoyed his stuff. Um, he's solid. He's solid. He is solid. But he's solid and you know what, in the but, best But way. you have so many titles, you kind of need more solid writers than, like, oh, yeah. outstanding writers because, let's be honest, outstanding is very hard. Yeah. There's only going to be a select few but that, that means to help, you know, to, to elevate those books, you just need competent, solid, yeah, good writers that can just tell you a, a good story. Totally agree, Rich. And, and I mean, yeah, you, 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 you've hit the nail on the head. You, you do need those guys. And, and look, it's enjoyable. And, like, like, honestly, those scenes between Luther and Joker, they're perfect. You know? Yeah. And, and you know what? I love how this Outsiders also feels like it, it's in a shared world. Yes, you know, like as I said, I mean, the first, the the first like story arc has got Gorilla Grodd and his gorillas. It's got Lex Luthor. It's got the Joker. Then the next storyline, you've got, um, you know, the, the, there's a cool cameo with uh, 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 um, uh, Brain and yeah. uh, Monsieur. And are they meant to be ripping Silent. off? Are they meant to be ripping off P- Pinky and the Brain? No, no, no. They they existed before Pinky and the Brain. My oh, okay. I thought, but I I thought maybe that was a. No, it no, was no. Like well, a, well a, a before satire. that. Okay, fair uh, And then obviously there's the the cool prison breakout and all that. And then again, you have got the brother, yeah. uh, brother Blood, Sabak with uh, um, uh, Captain Marvel Junior. Mm. You know, it just there's a lot of cool. Like, it feels like they are existing and, and doing missions that exist in a world with other characters. Yeah. Um, which yeah, as I said, I I really enjoyed it, and uh, and it, you know what, it flowed really well. Hundred percent, man. Like, like yeah. that, that volume one, I that I feel like I almost feel like I read that like that, and I was finished. Like it just flowed really well. I, I read most of it today. I, I read a couple of issues. Look, I, I, I look eight out of ten. I, would you agree with me? I think it's a pretty good score. Oh like, yeah, yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah, def- I and, definitely agree with eight. And out of 10. I, I really, I dug it, and I was like, I was invested. I, I wanted to know what happened. Um, yeah, I'm looking here. It had 50 issues. I don't know if Judd Wenick was on at all for 50, but that's a that's a pretty decent run, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's well, I mean, I think his run went for what, like two, three years? Was it? Yeah, it probably no, went. No. Yeah, three years, I think. It probably went all the time until they until they rebooted it to do Batman. Yeah, and the but I, I can't remember when in 2003, like whether it came out at the end of the well, year. Well, looking or at this, started. looking at this. He ran through to 2007, or it ran through to 2007. So yeah, so good three, three and a half, four yeah. years. Like, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no, it's it, it's an excellent read. Um, Rich, at some point we should do volume two as well. And yeah, keep, of course. Keep yeah, the party yeah. rolling because I was, I was invested and this is the kind of stuff that I love to see more of. Um, you know, from that period of time in the, in the sort of early 2000s, from the late 90s to the early 2000s through to probably... I'd say from from the late nineties. I reckon after twenty ten was when it probably the wheels started coming off. When, when did New Fifty Two happen? Was that twenty ten? I think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's up until then, like I, I I personally feel like right before New Fifty Two, DC were doing great to me. You know, two thousand eleven. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Look, it, there's a long period there, and this is one of these solid guys, Judd Winnick. Um. I yeah. I eight out of ten for me. What are you giving it, Rich? Yep. Eight out of ten. I completely agree. All right. Now, next week, we are going to do Wheel of Time. We are going to do six issues, and that uh, actually six and a half. I believe there's like a half issue. Um, How dare you? You but told me six. That's yeah, right. but but it's the beginning of 
Chuck Dixon's adaptation of Eye of the World, the first book from the Wheel of Time. Um, I've not read it, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, I've asked Chuck a couple of questions for it, so we can have those for the show next week, because I've only just asked him, so we've got a, a week for that. Um, I do want to thank the listeners. I want to thank the Patreon supporters. You guys are really helping. Um, if anyone out there can support the show, even for a little $1 per month, or the, co- the cost of a cup of coffee, it helps. It goes towards show costs. Um, which, you know, are a recurring theme um, every, every month. And, I mean, we, the show will always be a free show. But anything that anyone can give helps, and it, it helps me do more material from the show. And don't forget, we are doing two spin-off podcasts from this. Um, we're doing Dread or Dead. And I want to mention on Dread or Dead, um, last time, Rich, we did um, Total War, which was fascinating. Total War, kind of like the political radicals, um, sort of anarchists that were trying to... setting off um, nuclear bombs in Star Mega City 1. Um, it's a crazy fucking story. And next up, we're doing a Judge Death-centric episode. Um, oh, good old Judge Death. Yeah, and Rich, we'd love to get you on at some point. Also, uh, Legion Outpost, there's going to be a fresh episode coming soon. We're, we're trying to get Rich on that episode to do Legion uh, Superhero Secret Origin, Rich. Yes. Um, so that'll be coming up soon as well. But both of Just these... Just got to all line up, that's all. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, we're, it, we should be able to do it pretty easily, Rich. Um, but that, that is coming up shortly. But Judge uh, Dread, Dead or Dead, we're doing one uh, probably next week. And, yeah, I want to say uh, thank you to all the supporters who listen to the show. If you can support us by hitting like on the Facebook to the Signal and Doom Facebook page, follow me on Twitter um, at RedLantern2051, and you've got the Signal and Doom Twitter uh, and, you know, support the collective, which has shows like Inner Demons with Brian Beggy, obviously Ray stuff like Lassons of Krypton um, and Into the Night, his Moon Knight podcast, you've got Capes and Lunatics, you've got plenty of good material, you've got the Iron Fist podcast with Connor, plenty of stuff going on, piping hot all the time. Next week, we have Wheel of Time, Rich, and uh, wow, I mean, imagine 37 or 36 issues for book one, that tells you something, doesn't it? Uh, not really. Well, I think it's a lot of issues. You, you no, know. again, not necessarily because, I mean, you've got to remember uh, the novel's thick. It is thick. It is thick. And you you can only really do like, I mean, if you're trying to have good art, you're only really going to have maybe like five to six panels per page. Sure. You know, so it's not that yeah. surprising. I like that There's it. that many issues for a, a, a thick novel. Well, you just feel lucky that you're not doing 12 issues for like I was originally going to give. Well, I am doing 12. It's just that <laughs> it splits over two weeks. Now, next week we're going to do that human target too. So we're going to see if, if um, what's his name, Tom <sighs> King. You know, we're going to see what Tom King brings to the table if it's never been done before. Um, but we'll see. Look, on that note, I want to say thank you and good night. Good night. Good night.